Hello and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101. I'm Fufu Booth, and this is level 236. Joining me tonight is Maychart. Did you bring me back some butterbeer? I did, but I might have drank it all on the way back. Oh. It's okay. so good. It's hard to resist. Also joining is Koosh Boost. Do they have butterbeer flavored Worthers? <laughs> That's an interesting question. I would love to have some of those. Yeah. And Big L. Did you bring me back any Wingardium Pepsi Cola? <laughs> that should be a new That's, flavor. Uh, it's Wingardium Pepsi Cola. Oh, that's how that goes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just be thankful yes. I didn't say Wingardium Sammy Sosa. <laughs> Welcome back from your excursion, <laughs> Kenny. Jeff, <laughs> fun? Yeah, it was amazing. Universal was absolutely incredible. It is amazing how they're able to just rip Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley straight out of the movie and just build it in real life. It was amazing walking through it. Very and cool. Brooke being the bigger Harry Potter fans. She actually grew up on Harry Potter, whereas I didn't. She loves, loves, loves Harry Potter, and she has been beyond excited for months ago there. And when she first walked into Diagon Alley, she may or may not have cried. <laughs> Aww. That's cool. That's she adorable. Was, she was just beyond excited for it. It's going to be L when he walks into the Mario video. Kart so, track at the Mario World someday. Into the track. <laughs> yep. Oh, now we'll dangerous. Down to when Elle gets down to the tracks. Uh, so, what what was her first stop in Diagon Alley? Our first stop in Diagon Alley. Um, wasn't the. I think we went to the wand to get a wand Oliver's. first. Yeah, Ollivander. Ollivander. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was our first stop because that was like why we went there. Brooke and I were like above all else. We're getting a wand. So we each went and picked out our own wands. It's so really wand cool. statistics? What, what length and core? Uh, exactly. I, I forget her what her wand is. Mine is you wood with a dragon string. Nice. I'll have to take pictures. I'll post them in, in Patreon VIP if I remember. <laughs> oh, we'll remind you. Now I have a question for ever. I have a question for all of you, though. Mm. What house are you? Oh, it's complicated. Go ahead. Uh, sniffle Kush, glue. Kush, you start. It, don't listen to L. He's he, he got expelled from Withering H one one Hogwarts. White claw. I'm pretty sure I was Gryffindor. Are you really? So yeah, I, I think I was Gryffindor. I was either Gryffindor or or Ravenclaw. See, I would think I would track Ravenclaw, but I'm Hufflepuff according to the Pottermore quiz, which is fine. You know, I like making friendship bracelets, but it just wasn't my expectation. You could also be like one house and lean to something else. Sure. What What about you, Kenny? Where Where did you land? You're total oh, Slytherin, Slytherin, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you did that on purpose, though. Because sure. you look like Malfoy. That's right. Oh, yes, exactly. That was lots of that going around. I was I was called Draco the entire time we were in Diagon Alley. I wonder why. Because <laughs> I did I did get my Slytherin robe. I had my wand. So yeah, I was absolutely Draco. 
next time I go, I'm going to have to like either grow my hair out longer to be Lucius or I'm going to have to slick it back. You're going to have Oliver go down as Draco then? So you can just totally do the whole whole cosplay look oh, as a family? Absolutely. Amazing. Great. <laughs> when he gets older, that will absolutely have to do that. But yeah, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> but what a week to actually go away on because like all the Xbox news came out the day I left. So I didn't get a chance to watch any of that. And I didn't have a chance either today to go back and watch it. I will be doing that throughout the week, catching up on last week's show, catching up on all the Xbox news, watching the showcase, the Bethesda showcase, all that stuff, since I missed out on all that. But this week's uh, question does come out from the Game Pass news that was released. And this was demanding of us from Araratoric. He absolutely had to have this question and his question for is with hi-fi rush being announced and released on the same day do you think the reception it's received is the same it would have got had it been revealed six months ago secondly what are your opinions on releases in this format do you like stealth releases or would you prefer games that have a longer build-up i will go to nate first all right i will go to mdp 73 who says (laughs) rocket league let me say, not appropriate. Um, <laughs> I love a stealth drive. <laughs> you get to satisfy your hype immediately. I don't like seeing a trailer for a game I know won't be released for eight years, usually because I either forget about it by then, or my excitement has just died down. Plus, with advanced notice, you get delays and complaints, etc. Can't delay a game that no one knew about. Uh, that is true. You absolutely cannot Fair. do that. And Ahizo says, I don't know anything about the game, so I can't say what the impact could have been. That said, I wish every game were like that, if only because then people wouldn't decide to pre-order and pay for the games months or even years before there's any time, uh, tiny benefit to doing so. Skull and Bones says hello. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I too, like MDP, love a stealth drop. Um, <laughs> it is fun to get those every now and then. Uh, I also really enjoyed, uh, was it the... Um, Ah, the Bethesda game. Man, my brain has just lost it. Um, I, I, I like very short announcement is, windows. Is it like Doom? Um, no, it was not Doom. I, I know I'm getting it wrong. I'm not even going to say what it was. I, don't <laughs> worry about that. Uh, so I like short announcement windows. I do not like the practice of you know Sony where they come and they show you a game and just the, the screen or the title and then you don't hear anything about it for two more years. That's like, okay, uh, I don't like that <laughs> because there's just way too much time uh, for stuff to go wrong. And then, of course, the other thing I don't like is, yeah, the delays. That's annoying. Um, when you're really looking forward to something, it getting delayed. I, I would just rather not know about that. Just like know when it's going to be done. You know, Take your time. Do it right. Make it a good game. We've got a ton of stuff to play. Uh, and when it's ready, put it out. Uh, I would love to live in that world. Um now, do I think that that helped its reception? Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think it absolutely did. If, if people had known about this game ahead of time, uh, I think the hype would not be as great. Uh, and we'll go into that more later, perhaps. Is the Bethesda game you're thinking of Indiana Jones? Oh. Uh, no, it is not. Wow, oh, okay. 
I can't believe I can't think of it. I, all I keep thinking is Far Cry. And I'm like, it's not Far Cry. That's the wrong developer. <laughs> I thought you were talking Pass about news. the game that like. No, it's just going to shout out the name. Said anything else? No, it, it's ridiculous. I, I should I should lose my license for for the thing I can't think of right now. Fall. I, <laughs> don't yes, even Fallout Four. Thank you. Yeah, it's Fallout Four. <laughs> Fallout 4. The was it really? Fallout 4. The, it was, yeah, it was super short. Like that, that announcement window was super short. Wow, and I was like, that's, that's a, yeah. I was like, that's a great way to do it. Well, you look know, speaking. My, look at my gamer tech. How many Fallout games have I played? I don't well, remember that being a short one. It's yeah, it funny you mentioned Fallout 4 because um, Hawkeye Barry actually mentions Fallout 4 in his patron response. So, or I'm sorry, not Hawkeye Barry, because I, I have both of those. Uh, it's Freaky, Freaky Row. He mentioned it in his response. So if it's okay, I'm just going to go ahead and, and read that. And move on it. to the next couple. Um, Mr. Rowe says, I think Bethesda did the best announcement with Fallout 4. Announced and released several months later. <laughs> oh, and here's a little management game we put together to hold you over. So yeah. it's an interesting strategy, right? Because they had Fallout Shelter. and Yeah, they did both. You know, uh, I did neither. Uh, but uh, that's... We didn't really present that in the question, right? Or it wasn't presented in the question, this idea of the sort of in the middle. Where I think we're kind of thinking on extremes here. Uh, but yeah, it's a great strategy there. And then Hawkeye, uh, Hawkeye Barry's response. Uh, the immediate announcement was a huge win. The musical genre isn't the most popular. So if it was announced six months ago, not many would have seen it and less would have cared, to be honest. Being dropped during the Xbox Developer Direct gave them thousands of eyes to watch the trailer and be excited together. The show wasn't very exciting, so Hi-Fi Rush was the biggest announcement to me. Off the top of my head, I can't even remember what four games were talked about, but I know Hi-Fi Rush was released to Game Pass. I like the shadow releases like this, but they need to be done at the right time. In my opinion, E3, uh, an E3 type of show isn't the right time because there are huge announcements that can overshadow a Game Pass release. Mm. I didn't feel like anything big was announced at the Direct, uh, so this, so it gave this drop a chance to shine. And uh, I agree with a lot of that. I think, oh my gosh, I, I think the biggest shadow, and I guess it's a question to pose to all of you guys. I know stealth drops have happened before, but in the moment, I'm pressed to remember very many. And I don't know if that's something that like historically will remember. Hi-Fi Rush was a stealth drop. But the one that I remember, I think, was the Sega Saturn at E3, where it was like, and you can buy it today. And oh, by the way, it's $600. And that kind of was a disaster there. <laughs> right? So <laughs> it didn't didn't work out super well for Sega. Uh, but I agree that E3 is not the best place for it because there's so much going on, right? right. And, and you're going to get lost in the noise. So I, I think that's a good shout. Personally, I'm, I like the Shadow Drop. I think it worked really well for Hi-Fi Rush for all the reasons stated because it's, I mean, Tango Gameworks or Tango Softworks, the game that the company that the group of developers that developed the game, they're the guys behind and girls behind Evil Within, uh, not mm. the direction I thought they would be heading with their next title. Uh, and so I think if they announced it before, there would be all these expectations put upon it because, well, is this really the kind of thing they can do? And, and what are we going to see? So just dropping it out there. And and from what I hear, it's, it's excellent. Just sort of uh, elevated that. But you have to be careful with that because if we see de developer directs and the next one that they do, another drop like this happens, we begin to expect it. 
right? And then exactly. if they don't do one at one of them, oh, what a disappointing direct. They didn't announce a brand new AAA game that I could download you know, via my Game Pass subscription right now. So it has to be done in a way that is not routine. So it kind of keeps people guessing. Uh, but I think they're very cool when they happen and the game succeeds. I'm... I like some hype for my games. So I, I, I do like when I'm, I'm able to sit there and kind of get excited and wait for things to come out. But especially with things have the way things have changed with time where it just seems like there's a hundred things begging on our gaming time. Barry's point that like everybody saw it at once and a bunch of people jumped in at the same time and were excited to sit there and play it. I think that was just super effective and I loved it. So as long as it's not an overdone thing, I, I like these stealth drops. I, I think they're a great way to go in a limited capacity. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go next, and my first patron response I'm going to read is GT3 Option Fan. He says, I think for Game Pass games that don't have an established IP, Shadow Drops during a showcase segment like that gave a huge benefit to who is willing to pick it up and give it a try versus, oh, it's a random Game Pass game I think I remember hearing about a year ago, but I forget, and it loses all momentum. The second right to response comes from Chesno and says, stealth drops are always fun and I can see the appeal of announcing in advance, but when a game gets announced and nearly three years later, we know nothing, it, that is annoying. I prefer the Nintendo method of announcing a game, uh, <clears throat> announcing the game a couple of months tops when the game is basically finished so we can get hyped and not bored. Uh, I gotta say, I... Agree with both of them. Is that I, really a Nintendo thing? I agree with both. Like, hasn't, like, Zelda been in development for a super long time? And, like, Metroid Prime is maybe a thing that's happening? Is that actually... Because like, I'm not super into the Nintendo mm-hmm. space. I'm sorry to cut you off there, well, Kenny, but is that a thing You're there? Good. that? They're really working hard on the Metroid Prime 4 logo. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it just isn't a, a methodology really I associate with them at all. Like, if anything, it's sort of like, here's another teaser for something that's going to take us another three months. We're not going to rush the product kind of thing. I think what he means is, like, Nintendo kind of has a history of, like, at least from what I can think of anyway, of, like, saying, coming out and saying, hey, we're working on the next Mario or the next Zelda or whatever. But then that's it. And then when they finally do actually show a trailer for it, you're going to have the game six, eight months later or something like that. I, mean, I feel like that's how it was with Wind Waker. Do you remember when, when they announced that and they showed the art style and everyone was like, what the freak? And then uh, yeah. it wasn't that long, I feel, uh, between the reveal and when it actually came out. And same thing with uh, A Link Between Worlds. Uh, just that art style was just so drastically different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been surprised by their art style choices. Of course, I don't follow them too closely, but I think they have done a fairly decent job of when they make those um, earth-shattering announcements uh, to the release of the game. Uh, okay. I think they do a pretty good job with that. Yeah, and like every Pokemon game gets really – they show off a trailer in February, and then it's out by late October, November-ish. But uh, yeah, like as I was saying before, I kind of agree with both of those answers. Um, I think GT3 – Nailed it on the head. Games that don't have an established IP, IP like Hi-Fi Rush, just bang, dropping it. Here, try this out now with a cool trailer. 
is probably the way to go because, you know, if it's just some game with all the games coming out, all the AAA games that you're looking forward to and whatnot, it's going to get forgotten about if you don't, if you're not able to play it right then. And, but on the flip, flip side of that, I also like having a build up and knowing that a big time um, AAA third party game is coming. Like it, won't happen or it's not happening but like let's say if hogwarts legacy was coming to game pass if we knew that that was coming to game pass for like six months now before it was released just think of the hype on that where it's like oh i'm teeter-tottering before do i want to buy it do i want to play it i don't know but if you if you're that one of those people and it's just like oh look it's coming to game pass there comes the hype it builds excitement for 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 anyone that might not actually buy it they kind of they kind of did that exact same thing uh they killed the hype for it uh just like they did with goldeneye uh <laughs> which also kind of shadow dropped <laughs> it was kind of a shadow because yeah. they're like hey we've got this thing that we're we've got done and we're gonna give it to you eventually one of these days uh, i don't know yeah uh, how about today okay yeah we'll do it today <laughs> and they finally dropped it uh that was kind of crazy yeah i like i also agree with what you said michelle where having a stealth drop on every on every show would be a really cool addition of uh hey this is what's coming but then also bang this is what you can play right now but then like you said you know if they start doing that two or three in a row we're gonna expect it yeah mm-hmm. maybe instead have like the cover art of the game on like phil's shelf and we can figure out oh is that the game <laughs> that we're gonna get to play and, and as for like the first part of this question if it would help the game, I don't know anything about high, Hi-Fi Rush right now. Like, as I said before, I wasn't able to uh, watch the show. I don't really know anything about the game. I've watched one or two clips, saw, saw a couple of screenshots, and that's about it. So I can't really speak to that. Maybe I'll yeah, know a little bit more about that game later. Quick thing <laughs> to point out with that, like, reviews are out now for the game um for hi-fi rush and it's tracking in the high 80s but i i'm curious how that process was Mm. for the people reviewing it because i i don't have a sense of how long hi-fi rush is but did they complete the campaign did they play it for a little bit and just kind of get a good feeling was it a little unique like what Mm. actually was their review experience because they don't they they want to make sure to get a review they want to get whatever hits or whatever might come from that so reviews were starting to get published of High Fire Rush within a couple days. And I know, at least from the achievement point of view, it's I don't think anyone's or maybe one person has completed it so far. So what? I, I I'm well and I know I could be mistaken, but it looks like there's some difficult stuff in the list. So I'm actually curious too with these great reviews that are coming out, like how much of the game did these folks actually play that they're judging it on? Because they didn't have a lot of time to turn that around. Yeah, really. All right. Well, let's go to L. What says you? I was also struggling this whole time to think of any games that shadow dropped, and I couldn't think of any either, Michelle. So, but I feel I'm like sure there were happened. some. I feel like there were some Nintendo Directs that something shadow dropped there, and it also was on Xbox. There was Maybe. definitely been. Let shadow us know drops. in I podcast discussion. Think of any. I mean, there's definitely stuff that I didn't know was coming, like Power Wash Simulator. Like, I don't remember hearing about it beforehand. 
maybe that's just me. Those are popular probably on Steam. I don't know. I feel like there was well, something. IGN says Apex Legends, Fallout Shelter, Whoa. PT. Uh, so there are some things. Yeah. Pyrotechnics? No, PT was a demo, a short-lived <laughs> demo by Kojima Productions on the, uh, I may not remember this, on the PlayStation that never actually happened. Uh, so that demo came out and people loved it, and then they canned the project. Oh. And then I think, I forget which exact PlayStation number it's on, but since you can't re-access it, like people who own a PlayStation that have that downloaded onto it, they're, they're I think, <laughs> kind of valuable because it's like you can access PT, which you can't access anywhere else. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. and Tetris 99. That was a huge Nintendo shadow drop. Oh. All right. Well, I'm also in the camp of thinking it was a good idea for a game that's not super duper AAA, like Kenny alluded to. And it seems like people are really jumping in and liking this one. So I'm anxious to play it myself at some point because I was a fan of. Uh, Jet Set slash Jet Jet Grind Radio and Sunset Overdrive. I am just hoping the music is good. That's uh, what I would like. Um, I'm going to go to Wild West 08. It says, I like the stealth drop as you don't sit there waiting for delay after delay. Bethesda used to be really good announcing a game and releasing it within six months. That is my preferred method. Well, the thing with Bethesda games, Mr. Wild West, is they don't actually finish the game. They just kind of come out in whatever state they're in. But <laughs> Not maybe, wrong. That's, maybe that's better than a delay. <laughs> I don't know. You're like, yeah, I got stuck in the ceiling and I have to start over, but at least the game's out. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but usually in Bethesda games, you could at least make multiple, multiple, multiple saves. So take advantage of those. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think we just got news of uh, the Star Wars uh, game being delayed. Star Wars Survivor. Jedi Survivor. Who would have guessed? I mean, you say that, but I don't know. At this point, it's happening pretty what frequently. What AAA huh? game in the past like five years actually came out on the first? I don't understand. Uh, release date. I don't Nothing get it. Nothing is ever released <sighs> on its first announcement. Outside of maybe a couple of like Nintendo games, like we are alluding to before. You think they do it on purpose? Give extra hype. Hey, everyone's talking about this game today now. No, I think they set unrealistic development <laughs> targets for the teams. Like, hey, oh. you know, mm-hmm. listen, you can make this happen by then. There are like a hundred of you. And developing a game is hard work. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And you don't want to release a game that's a buggy mess because that's what people remember about it, even if it gets fixed later on. And they, I think that's really what happens, which is why you see more of this sort of hedging where it's like, we're just going to reveal the title graphic. Because we haven't promised you anything yet. It's just a title graphic. It, it's just, it's more and more complicated and, and the development cycles are just, they're longer. So if you want a game that's released feeling like a full product, I think it's more to do with that than trying to build hype. Hype is good. And last but not least, we have the person who asked the question, Ruterek. He says, I think had the trailer for Hi-Fi Rush dropped six months ago, it wouldn't have gotten the attention it's getting now. It would still have been rightly praised when it got released, but nothing to the level that it is now, including a few people mentioning it for Game of the Year. I mean, it is January, but 
I doubt, I doubt it would even be getting the 9 out of 10 scores. It's getting maybe closer to 7 out of 10. It being a Game Pass release also amplified everything around it because it's quote-unquote free and instantly accessible, whereas if it was a full-price game uh, for everyone, it would lessen its here go play impact. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's the beauty of Game Pass. Yes, There's I like, no uh, harm in just trying out a game. I definitely feel like once again, Power Wash uh, fell into that sim, uh, fell into that similar, <laughs> fell into that category. Uh, Golden, oh, yeah. I, I saw a few people playing it. I feel like no one's really talking about it. I'm curious to see what people think of it holding up, and I really haven't seen much. But it seems I to have nothing good about Golden Eye. Right, that, I tried that's, it. That's uh, that's a uh, new game of the month is a uh, Golden Eye. Maybe for March. Sounds awful. Maybe for March. <laughs> we could, uh, you know, all play a bunch of multi... Oh, never mind. <laughs> we got the shaft Something on else that, one. that I thought about with Hi-Fi Rush. I wonder how much of the hype that it's getting is also because it dropped at the end of January, where there's really not a lot going on right now. Had this dropped in November or October, would it even be in a Game Pass stealth drop? Would it be getting the attention it's getting because Call of Duty is out at that point? Um, what other other games? Another Assassin's Creed or this, that, or the other thing? Whatever's being released later this year. If all these AAA games are coming out at the same time, would Hi-Fi Rush be getting the attention that it's getting now? I don't know. Oh, that's a good I, question. Like, it's a good, I know good. it's not really on our radar, but Forspoken came out this month, and that was a big. It was an anticipated release, and the yes. Dead Space remake came out, which was also an anticipated release. I think Hi-Fi Rush also has the benefit of not fitting in any of those categories. It, it at least it presents as being very unique, so it it's its own own thing altogether. But there. There are some high-profile releases that it's up against. It's not a complete wasteland out there. That is true. I forgot about those two games. Even if Dead Space is a little bit more niche because it's um, a horror game. Not going to get the wide wide appeal like Hi-Fi Rush does. All right. Well, I feel like that's a good place to stop unless anybody else has anything they'd like to add before carrying on. Okay. Thanks, Rutrick. Yes, thank you. And if any other patrons has a topic or a question that they would like to throw to us, do so in the patron VIP channel in the Discord. But with that, we do have some news that we're going to get to. The first being is Rumbleverse is shutting down in late February. And Uh-oh. refunds have been offered on all purchases. Nate, is this one that you bought? <laughs> no should i feel offended i feel like i should be offended i'm sorry i assume oh uh, let me check my email uh no i did not buy this so um <clears throat> no this was free this was always free um this was an epic games um free game and it's a battle royale so um i've kind of not been diving into the battle royales just because i guess i don't like that gameplay type <laughs> it's not my favorite you didn't um, buy anything in this no what um, skins did you buy 
Uh, I didn't buy any skins. Among I'm actually us. playing. Uh, I have not dug into it. So I okay. You know how I love a shutdown. Um, yes, I love a, I love a short notice <laughs> shutdown. So you know, I didn't buy it. I didn't play it when it was free. But you tell me that server's going down. I'm going to think about it. Uh, and sure enough, yep. um, sure enough, because uh, I had heard other people talking about it, saying that it was fun, and um, so I downloaded it back then just to get it on my you know, my profile so I could keep it if I wanted to, uh, or, you know, had there been a shutdown, I wouldn't have to remember to download it. Uh, so I, I tagged it way back then, but I hadn't actually tried it. Um, it is different from all other, uh, battle royales that I've played because it's not ranged. Um, one of the things I hate about battle royales is, is jumping in, uh, like battlegrounds and just getting uh, sniped and you have no idea how you died. Like you're dead. Uh, but you don't know where it came from. It was, you know, a tree like a mile away. Uh, this is all melee based. It's, it's wrestling. Um, so you're going in there and you're getting people and you're doing like uh, DDTs and you're doing uh, body slams and pile drivers. You're just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, you throw people in the turnbuckles that aren't there. So you, you kind of like uh-huh. you know, throw them like you would if they were going to hit like the ropes and come back. And they'll run into like a, a pole or a car or something like that. Uh, it's great. Um and, you know, there's um, it's basically a paper, rock, scissors mechanic to the combat. Uh, your weak attack uh, will be stopped by a block, but your strong attack will beat a block. Uh, elbows beat everything. <laughs> so you can just jump up and drop an elbow, and that's pretty good. Um, and there's a dodge mechanic, which beats, uh, uh, I guess, the, the heavy hit. Uh, it'll dodge that. Um, but then it's got the trappings of all the battle royales. There's, there's boxes out in the field. You have to go smack them. And when you do that, there's stuff inside. It could be um, a health buffer. Uh, it could be uh, food to give your health back. It could be something that increases your stamina. Um, this game is nice in that you can uh, climb. So uh, it, there's a lot of verticality to this game, whereas a lot of battle royales are kind of like you know, flatter. Um, so you, you'll climb really high up and you have to use your stamina for that. Uh, and then you, you buy special moves or um, <clears throat> sorry, not buy. You find special moves. So you find a book, and if you use the book, you can then assign that to you know either bumper, and then you can do like an uppercut, or you can you can like uh, blow dust in someone's face, you know, just you know like throw sand in their face, and then they're stunned for a couple seconds, so it's a lot easier to grab them and do moves to them. So it's very unique um, and fun and very easy to boost. <laughs> there's, there's only <laughs> the twelve achievements. Most importantly, <laughs> there's twelve achievements. I've played it for an hour and forty eight minutes, and I have ten of twelve. Oh, that's um, nice. So, yeah, there's two achievements left, and they're pretty grindy. Um, there's one uh, skill-based achievement that is no longer skill-based because the player base is so small, uh, when I played it at least, uh, in the morning at like midnight or 1 a.m., <laughs> um, that there were so few people that I was able to just climb to the highest point on a map um, and wait for the circle to shrink all the way down, and then the bots that were left at the end, uh, they died in the ring out. And wow! So I got the most difficult achievement for winning without any special skills attached or no special moves equipped. Um, So I was able to to win that just by standing still. Um, And so yeah, was it challenging? Yeah, am I proud? Yeah, I guess a little. Um, So it's doable. It's totally doable if you still download the game. I may have downloaded it right before we started recording. Um. I'll explain why a little later. With that said, <laughs> how many people do you need to boost it? I mean, play legit. Um, okay, well, I've, I've been playing legit. 
Oh. Mostly because no. I don't, you know, no one else um, in the two hours that I've tried to play it were around to, to boost. Uh, and I've heard from other people that um, it's actually hard to boost because you're just not finding matches oh. at the same time. But I have no experience with that because I haven't been online at oh, the same I time see. as one of the other five people that are playing the game. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to do that after the show tonight. So maybe I'll have some feedback, uh, you know, next week. But um, yeah, so far it, it doesn't, you know, I haven't needed anybody to get anything done. Um, even those grindy ones can be done against the bots and people that you see, uh, as long as you're not, you know, you no longer have the intention of winning. So you just go around smacking people or blocking everything. So that's fine. So that's my, that's my plan for the rest of the night. Once we're done here, I'm going to go do that. (laughs) So I don't actually think I said it, but just to show just how short lived of a game this was, it came out August 11th of 2022. This had a six-month lifespan by when it dies. Wow. That is wild. It's crazy. The art style is really good. I mean, if you look at everything, it's it's high quality. Yeah. I was as you were talking, I was watching clips, and I can remember I remember watching this at oh god, I don't even remember what show, probably like an E3, and going, oh, this looks cool. And then it just got lost. There's too many freaking games. I completely forgot this existed until about 15 minutes prior to starting the show. And people are like, oh, yeah, Rumble, Rumbleverse. But uh, anyway, let's continue on. Uh, next news item. Uh, <laughs> I know, L, you brought this. Uh, Cruise Brothers is going to 6,000 gamer score. Yeah. It's about time. What the crap? This is all (laughs) we've all been waiting for. The elephant in the room. Yeah, what the crap is correct. I don't know where this came from. Absurd. We could probably blame Chivo Guides and uh, Rocker Dude constantly harassing the developer. (laughs) I think it was those. I could have sworn. I could have sworn people, you know, when we were talking about the inflation and this and the crazy addition of these really easy DLCs that uh, or title updates um, that give you an extra thousand gamer score. I remember I thought at the time it was limited to five thousand. I thought we were like, okay, well, at least this can't happen again. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I was going to ask that question before we started and I was going to wait till the show started. I'm glad I'm not the only one that that thought that I thought five thousand was the limit as well. It is the limit. <laughs> That's what they well, put in for the okay. request, and they were not denied. I thought, it. Then what the hell? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Okay, is that the story? Because I there was a lot of discussion about so. this topic in in the discussion on uh, on Discord, and uh, I did not get to sit down and really thoroughly read through all of it. But I thought I thought I saw it thrown around that there's sort of there's an NDA with regard to like gamer score and gamer score maximums for the xbox like series console there, there's some kind of distinction or not series but like that the xbox platform so there are places where there's a five thousand limit but not necessarily on the xbox platform interesting I, I could be i could totally be misrepresenting things i saw in little bits and pieces in passing uh, but i had the same exact immediate reaction like really i thought that five thousand was it i thought we were done um and that's I, to each your own game how you enjoy if if you enjoy getting these games knocked out quick and getting the gamer score 
that's good for you. Um, you know, it's not my cup of tea. Um, and the fact that it seems like it could be some infinite number of title updates like this is, is a little scary to me. Uh, not actually scary, but you know, uh, I'd rather not see it, but sure. That, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely surprising. Where does it end? That. Right. Why can't moving out do this? Like, why do we have to <laughs> keep yeah. playing Cruise Brothers? A good game. <laughs> we play a good game. <laughs> but would you want the moving out title updates to be? Yes. No. <laughs> I don't even break one window. window. I, I guess well, you should finish your question. The, the, the nature <laughs> of these updates is just like what else? It's break one window, break five windows. Like you wouldn't be playing the game. You would boot it up. You'd break five windows. You'd break 10. You'd break 20. You'd break 25. And ta-da, you'd have a thousand more gamer score. And I think when you say that, you're not saying that because you just want more achievements. You want more reasons to go in and experience the game. You want more levels to be there to enjoy mm-hmm. and these title updates aren't doing any of that. It's like, yeah. what easy mm-hmm. thing can we do that involves mashing A a couple times mm-hmm. to make more gamer score? No, that is absolutely true. If they had made like a you know put out title update with one new level or something, that right. would be worth two hundred fifty or you know something like that. So uh, realistic gamer score score additions with title updates would I would love that. Um, not this Cruise Brothers stuff. That, that game is awful. <laughs> See, and. <sighs> Kind of going off of what Michelle was saying, it's kind of wild to me that this is the game that's getting all these title <laughs> updates and gamer score editions. Where, like, if you were to make, I don't know, like a Fallout or Elder Scrolls or The Witcher have constant title updates, you could do that because there's just so much to do in that game that it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to, t- we're going to add achievements to this but it's almost warranted whereas this it's just like it's nothing <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's obviously because of the, the cost of development right i mean that, that's that's the obvious answer and unfortunately yes but like in this perfect world this dream world we're, we're conjuring where it could be you know moving out um <laughs> it's just a shame <laughs> why cruise brothers come on even even with these crap games why cruise brothers well it's, it's something ex- good like um what was that midnight one where you have like a little marshmallow guy? That was a great game. That could be, <laughs> you know, extra level in that. That wouldn't take them more than two hours, I think. <laughs> so. I mean, it's exactly what you're saying. Looking on the TA game page for Cruise Brothers, it's published and developed by DCF Studios, who have published uh, and developed this one game and Tony and Clyde. So Tony and Clyde, I, I think, came out and there's no other, or it has 3,000 gamer score, actually, it looks like. And then there's it's Cruise coming, Brothers. Yeah. I you have to imagine, and we don't see the financials of this, that every time a new title update is out for it, that ten dollar price tag looks more appealing to somebody. Because when it was ten dollars one hundred percent one thousand gamer score for a eh, game, there's plenty of Radalikas you can spend four or five bucks on. Well now you're getting six thousand for that ten, and as that keeps creeping up, I imagine that instead of like you said, there's no development time, there's no development cost. You put in a few more achievement flags and boom, you're done. And even if that generates another 200 sales, it's a lot cheaper than the rest of the work that would have to go on to make a game. The Cruise Brothers game came out. It's going to be three years old next week. It's not like it's brand if, new. Wow. And anyone from TA. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just I think that's I think that's what it is. It's the, again, lack of development costs. And they must see a spike in sales every time they release a new pack. As, if anyone from TA is listening and has access to the database, I would love to see an article or a breakdown of 
okay, with every release, here's the surge in sales. Like, mm-hmm. we have a 5,000 installed base. They put out, it's now 2,000. Okay, they picked up 100 purchases. <laughs> like, just see, you know, <laughs> just to see what each one of these actually do to the, the demographic that actually is enticed by this. Like, everybody else, you know, that's not a Jeep and Hunter, they're not even going to see that these updates are happening unless it gets pushed higher up in the store or something. But I, why would why would they buy this uh, this game if they saw that come through? So oh, I really would, I really want to see those numbers. Um, it just doesn't make sense. If, if Achievement Hunters aren't buying these games, it makes absolutely no sense to do this. So it's got to be. It's got to be beefy, right? It's got to be It's got to be worth it. I just thought of something. You think anybody didn't buy it? already and now that it went from five to six now they're going to buy it like at this exactly point. that's why i want to see that we have to see the numbers on that that's so interesting and why wouldn't they write that instead of some other article it's either that or like there's a ta article or someone here said a, a thousand gamer score has been added to this it's like oh wait there's a thousand gamers what is this oh look cruise brothers or now we're talking about this godforsaken game because it has an ungodly amount of gamer score into it you're right. Let's talk about moving out. It's it's been long enough. <laughs> I think Gears Pop is uh, the... deserving. <laughs> <laughs> you look at the base game of Cruise Brothers, the first thousand, and the the entire estimated playtime of Cruise Brothers is five hours to eight and a half hours because TA is updated. That's that it includes all the DLC packs or t- title updates. The base game is five to six of those hours, which is crazy. Like, Yep. It is crazy that that and there there has to be there has to be a, a financial reason. It's not just like here have a thousand more gamer score. Like there's there's a, it's not a goodwill reason. Yes. So I yes Didn't I they release it as you, DLC instead. Hmm. Or is there a different uh, way to go about doing that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, Microsoft I, needs. Mm-hmm. Good. No, go ahead. I, mm-hmm. I was just gonna say, Microsoft <laughs> needs the Phil Spencer of achievements. So, like, <laughs> Phil Spencer comes in there and starts setting things in line with regards to first yes. party and you know acquisitions and stuff like that. We need a Phil Spencer that cares about achievements to show up, uh, and then that's the only way this is going to get solved. Well, that's that's going to be especially when you look at it in six months from now when there's another title update. Cruise Brothers will have just as much gamer score as Halo the Master Chief Collection, which has five freaking games in it. Sorry, six. But that's, that's a tricky issue, though, because there are people for whom the joy of achievement hunting is this sort of stuff, is getting gamer score as quickly as you can to bump up that number. And so that mm-hmm. advocate for gamer score hunting, they're, they're not gonna... They, they can't they shouldn't just advocate for one style of gamer. I think we're all pretty similarly situated, but you, you can see the folks that come on TA and they have accounts that are like less than four years old and they're already millionaires, right? There is, there is a, a, a small niche group of people that are into this sort of gameplay. And, and that's no less valid than the way that we like to look at it. But it, I, I know our arguments, it, it dilutes, uh, dilutes other stuff. But it's all just kind of fiction numbers anyway. So it it that's a slippery slope thing to say we need this achievement advocate because who would they be advocating for exactly? Yeah, but I mean, if you're a niche group within a niche group, are you really even a group? Apparently. I'm kidding, That's obviously. why this is being done. I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding. 
Yeah. Oh no, it absolutely has to drive sales. There's no way they're just doing this out of their go- out of goodwill. They're it's driving sales for some. So people are out there are buying them. I'm sure. Even the people that don't like this are still going to do it because they have to keep pace or they have to whatever. Right. Keep that completion. Five thousand RTDL. You got if you did five thousand, you got to reclaim your completion. Yeah. Here's a guy in um, the BCM room, BP. He said mm-hmm. he bought the game when it was 1,000 gamer score because it was tagged as boxing. <laughs> and now <laughs> it's not even tagged as boxing anymore. It's, it's tagged as fighting. So he's like, ugh. Yeah, so he's got to uh, go through it now. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. So, I had a thought while we're talking about this. Cruise Brothers, and hear me out on this, would be a perfect Games of Gold game with the way that that has been going. I mean, just imagine the game, the graphic for thirty dollars <laughs> with, with a game and eight thousand gamer score if you partner that with something else. And Games of Gold, like let's let's be honest, like Cruise Brothers can fit into that now. We're not getting quality. How dare you? How <laughs> how dare you? Tell me I'm wrong. You know I'm right. You're a little bit right. <laughs> you're out of line. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> Just think. You part you put like Cruise Brothers and like what is it? Uh, I think it's Butterfly that has like a five thousand gamer score. You know, you get twenty dollars worth of games and eleven thousand gamer score. For free. What's ridiculous? What's ridiculous is that we're still talking about Cruise Brothers when Dead mm. Space is out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. dumb. Let's, let's move Dead on. Space. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Has anyone on the panel played what? Cruise Brothers? Al, I think you may have. Yeah. I've watched I have. And yeah, it I, awful. I yelled about this game about a month and, or two ago. I did it right. for one of the targets, maybe. And and Kush, had you? I did it for twelve the days. Fighting target. and targets. Okay, the fighting targets. Twelve and days. How many and targets. of you yep. oh, yeah. have played Dead Space? Twelve days. That's what it was. Uh, <laughs> I've. I mean, I've played Dead Space for half an hour. <laughs> and this is why we're talking about Maybe. Cruise Brothers. <laughs> right. <time. laughs> I'm saying it's not worth it. It's not. Yeah. yeah I don't. I feel bad. I love Dead Space, and I'm totally advocating for it for March for the game of the month, but uh, we'll we'll get there later. Are you picking games that you know I I don't really want to play? Is that what that thing? You need to broaden your horizons, sir. I I think that's that's what's Mm, happening. You can't get pigeonholed. It's just uh, the bright, shiny art guy. uh, (laughs) uh Sounds like it'll be a management game for April. I like where this is going. (laughs) Whoa. You're out of line, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Bad the last idea. news piece. It looks like there will be some Xbox 360 games getting delisted. Huh. I mean, this, this day is supposed to be really far off. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. With an asterisk. Uh, Nate, would you like to explain the sheet that was shared? I'll try. <laughs> the best that you can. <laughs> I, we can also try. link the sheet down in the show notes. Yeah, a GT3 option fan. I mean, <laughs> uh, was so kind 
Well, so kind. Of, other people put put stuff up. They they did some work, and that was awesome. Appreciate that. Uh, but GT3 put up a, a sheet that actually really helped me uh, and you know figure stuff out. Uh, and it's a it's a U.S. removal list of three three sixty marketplace, and he added some columns for is it backwards compatible or not backwards compatible. This is available on the backwards compatibility marketplace. Um, and does it currently have DLC listed with achievements? And using that, and also notes on whether or not the DLC is available uh, digitally only, or if there's some disc floating out there that, that might have the DLC on it as well. Um, and using this document, you can very quickly figure out <laughs> which games you might be interested in and should maybe consider buying uh, before this shuts down in a week. Uh, it's a very short time frame uh, before this stuff goes away. And I was oh, this was a week? Up. Yeah, it's a week. Oh, shoot, I missed that part. <laughs> Pretty sure it's a week. Um, it's my we time uh, post. I'm surprised I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very short. Uh, we do not have a whole lot of time on this. So, But it's, it's good to have some warning, because otherwise that would really stink. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have not set aside funds to pick up some of these DLC... Now, not everything on the sheet has to be bought right away, right? Because some of it is available in the backwards compatibility marketplace. It is backwards compatible, and you would think that the DLC was, would still be available there. But if you don't want to take any chances, um, maybe pay attention to the sheet and see if there's something you really want to get that you won't uh, feel regret for later. Yeah. And a nice part is about half of this list, there is some sort of a disc version. So if like later on you want to play it, you know, it's not completely lost. But there is still quite a bit of digital only and or DLC digital only stuff here. And like I said, well... I'll I'll link this uh, sheet in the show notes so you can take your, take a look for yourself. Yeah, it's in gaming news. I pinned it earlier today. Thank you, GT Option Fian. Not all heroes all right. wear capes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. The email they sent out linked to uh, the website, the support Xbox website, and you. <laughs> Download the PDF for your region. And well, Smirnoff said that the word sunset appears in the file name, which is very uh, scary <laughs> to use that word. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that word. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even consider that. No bueno. So Has we, the 360 time come? I mean... How dare they have a two-decade lifespan? We need more. It's unacceptable. But yeah, everyone's rushing to download these games and buying DLCs for these games so they can go ahead and play Cruise Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be fun in a few years when this is the quality stuff that people are playing at Achievement Fest. That just makes me wonder. I mean, I wonder how much it actually costs like server wise or whatever to just leave the 360 store open. Like, is it, I I mean, I imagine that it's being delisted because of some sort of financial reason, or maybe like, maybe there's like a contract that went up or something and it's just not worth redoing the contract, redoing the license, yada, yada. But like, Xbox first party games like let's say 
if that that document that said it's sunsetting is that mentioned the sunset is true and the 360 store might shut down is it really like worth pulling down an xbox first party game like why not just leave up the halo 3 dlc i just wonder how much that's actually costing microsoft or whoever to leave that stuff on the server i think that's a good point well, I mean, I, from a tech background i my guess oh, is the reason that you know they're sitting on these servers mm-hmm. yeah I feel like they're sitting on servers that need you need uh, need to be supported, and you know uh, the server versions are no longer supported, and therefore they're uh, vulnerable to attack those sorts of things. Um, and you uh, can't just keep patching them because yet yeah, Microsoft stops supporting those after a certain period of time. Um, so unless they're going to support these operating systems that they don't support for anyone else, um, then that could be that. That's probably why these things are going away. And they're not upgrading these systems. They're not putting the resources into upgrading these to work on newer operating systems. Uh, that that's probably that makes sense. Why that's probably why these will eventually go away. There's a lot of questions we just don't have the answers to. Like why is Mass Effect two on the list and not one and three? Like weird stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of weird. analytics behind it, or some level of analytics behind it. If they see that. Uh, any one of these games has only been accessed X number of times over Y number of months. There's just a point at which these resources don't need to be used here. So it's the fact that Mass Effect 2 and 1 and 3 are not on there is on there and 1 and 3 are not on there. It's, it's not random. There's a reason behind that. And it might just be certain thresholds, whatever those may be that get, matched especially Mm. as we're getting to a point with 360 games like you the the oldest 360 games are 17 years old now right so Mm -hmm. there's a point at which we just we're moving on to this it's been 17 years there's either a remake an update or if you're interested in it you might have accessed it already or eventually it'll show up in some other steam type marketplace where you can still access it. it just won't be this particular way so it's not they're not just picking out of a hat and saying these are the five games we're going to remove. Right. These these probably are just not hitting certain minimums that make them feel like it's worth it to continue the support. Of course it's all conjecture. And I will say this is another good reason for a physical library over a digital. You always have that game disc to go back on, which <clears throat> this isn't financial advice, but maybe pick up a copy or two of some of these games. Maybe it might, maybe they might go up in price. When you can't get them no more. Well, I can tell you the amount of times I have put Blue Dragon in my disk drive since the last time I played it in like 2008. And that number is zero. (laughs) So I do have the physical media and I can play it whenever I want. But I'm going to access it no more often than I've accessed it all along. And I, when it's digital space and it's basically their shelves being full of this material that nobody's accessing, it's frustrating, but it, it kind of makes sense, I think. Yeah. All right. Um. As long as nobody else has anything to add, let's get on to the game showcase. Uh, first, let's go to Matrix. Oh, me. I have a short story to tell. So I was working on The Walking Dead A New Frontier this month, the Telltale <laughs> game. I have never played it before. So um, it was it was weird to go back to a Telltale game because, as we all know, there's not a whole lot of gameplay to them. So I I don't know. I have some like weird 
onset ADD thing with games where if I'm not doing something in the first four seconds, I'm like, this is boring. But then I sat through it and it was fine. And the story's gotten all sorts of engaging. And um, I just finished the third episode and I'm curious to see where it heads. However, the achievements are a mess. And not because the list is bad or anything. It's a typical telltale list. And there's none of that Wolf Among Us type thing where you have any randoms for stuff. Stuff just does not pop. I'm sure people have blamed the lack of achievements popping on this game and all sorts of things. The game is just, I don't know if it's poor coding or whatever it may be, but they just don't always pop as intended. I played the first episode on that day where Xbox was being wonky for everybody, and the Chapter 2 achievement did not pop for me, but I figured, okay, you know what? Xbox is being funky for everybody. Not a big deal. I just have to replay the first, you know, 20 minutes of the, or first 10, 15 minutes of the chapter. Not a big deal. Then I played episode two and two achievements didn't pop for me. And there's no reason. Not because of a quick resume thing. Not because there was, I stepped away for a long time. I played the chapter all the way through and didn't realize that the previous chapter hadn't popped until the next chapter popped and saw that it didn't. So just be advised if you haven't looked at this already, because obviously New Frontier has been out for a while. And many people who were interested in playing it have played it. And this is the, you know, I I get that. But if you haven't played it yet, you might have to play the chapters multiple times. Because of the three episodes I've played, I've only completed one because of this issue. So I will have to replay two thirds of what I've played so far in order to complete it, which is a real pain. That's all I wanted to mention about Walking Dead and New Frontier. I mean, you could at least uh, make different choices and totally have a different experience, right? You can. It's 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 a little disappointing though because all of the um, the end episode uh, stats that you get with Telltale Games are gone now because I get, it was Aww. all attached to when they closed initially. So you get there and it's just unable to catch the information. And and I didn't realize how much I would miss that part until I finished the first episode. I was like, oh, I want to know how many people did whatever thing. Uh, so it does, it does change the experience, not getting that. So yes, you can choose different things, but you know, yeah, you can't, you can't just see leave whatever the last, you know, the last thing was the last bit of the data, whatever they had. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Like just some sort of historical snapshot of where it was yeah, when they took it anything. down. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But now there's, there's nothing. It yeah. just says unable to connect to servers and, and that's it. Yeah. If you look at the forum on TA. There's a thread called Achievement Didn't Pop from 2017, Mm -hmm. and it goes all the way to (laughs) present day. So, yeah, it's like you said, it's right. uh, Right. And to be fair, the game. It it is flagged on TA that way, too. If you look at the game info panel for um, A New Frontier, it does say right there achievements may pop out of order. The game is known to be buggy. So, it's. Uh, it's so frustrating, though. Like, I've enjoyed it, but the idea of having to go back and replay it, even though it's not long, and even though, yes, you can choose different choices, I'm not going to play the full chapter out. I'm just going to play up to the chapter that I didn't get my achievement in. Uh, so that's it's just a little bit frustrating. But the writing is still good. I'm still curious to see where things wind up. Well, I had a similar story. Uh, I was playing an oldie but goodie uh, oxen free, and uh, I had done two of the three playthroughs, and I had uh, one playthrough left, and it was some great synergy. It was on my RTDL, 
and there was one achievement I needed with new in the title, which was uh, what I needed for the January targets for Happy New Year. So I'm like, all right, let me let me buckle down and and do this last playthrough. And the achievements I needed were the uh, it was the good guy run, uh, the matchmaker to get Miranda known at a date, and new beginnings where Jonas is your new stepbrother. And you go through all this stuff and you choose all the the right things that are in the solutions and whatever. And then at the end, only one of the two popped. The matchmaker popped and New Beginnings did not. So I was pretty mad. It was like midnight or one in the morning. And I was like, oh, my God, let me dashboard and see where it takes me. And it took me back to the beginning of the bunker. So luckily, it was somewhat close to the end. And I found uh, a video so I could, just in case, follow the things they did in the video exactly at the end. And then I started playing, and my character was getting stuck, and I couldn't run. So great. Then I had to start again. One more time. Uh, The character wasn't moving. So I'm like, oh, great, this is bug now. So I tried one more time, and then it worked. So luckily, I got that done. But it just goes to show (laughs) the crazy things we do for these dumb achievements. (laughs) But it was a good feeling to get that done. That was, uh, I can't believe this game's so old already, 2016. January 2016, so seven years old. Wow. That was a that was a game. Uh, I remember Freem talked about. I associate that game with Freem. On uh, Zed to Zed, he uh, definitely reminds me of Ren. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's. <laughs> uh, so that was one thing, and the other thing I wanted to do is yell at Nate. You, you hear <laughs> Nate? Oh, I'm here, but uh, why Why do you want to yell at me this week? Oh, because a few weeks ago you were telling me how great uh, Telling Lies is, and I should really uh, go out of my way to play that game before the uh, before it left Game Pass. Uh-huh, yeah. And um, it was amazing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so I'm not yelling at you anymore. It was great. No, God. Uh, yeah, so I took your advice, and I did it on my laptop so I could just type in everything and it, I got it done fairly quickly but I gotta be honest the solitaire achievement took me forever did that take, <laughs> how t- many games did it take you? I, it took me a good 9 or 10 okay yeah it didn't take me that long I think it took me 4 3 or 4 I mean that was the idea King was missing so it was gonna be harder but yes I was getting very frustrated <laughs> Because there's no undo button, so you couldn't go back and switch things. And It's a real shame that they didn't put a quality solitaire game in the middle of their game. Yeah, uh, I'm very upset. I'm That's very what I'll remember from that. this game, because I tried watching <laughs> the videos, and I had no idea what the game was even about. I guess you had to try like to solve something cards. based on uh, the videos. I don't know. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not quite on the level of the she sees red in the FMV department, but it was an easy enough completion at least. Did you actually play it or did you just watch a guide? Um, yeah, I mean, if you sat there and watched all the movies, it would take 
probably several hours, but you could just click on the movie and back out. And yeah, but anybody who was going to do that did that already since uh, January is over. So we're anxiously awaiting the list for February. So we could find out if indeed Infernax and other games are leaving in February. I am looking forward to February because of uh, the Better Completions Matter has uh, what they call lovebirds, in which you are randomly matched with someone else in BCM, and you get bonus points if you both complete the same game. Um, So this year you were allowed to pick casual, so that way... You're not holding anyone back if you just want to complete a couple and they want to complete 10 or 20. And I was lucky enough to be teamed up with my good buddy Icefire, Tennessee. So we have some grand plans ahead of us. Uh, I will reveal one game that we plan on playing, uh, which should hopefully segue into Michelle, uh, which is uh, Bioshock Remastered. Ooh. Yeah. Well, won't so that ties yet, in with... But it will eventually. Eventually. <laughs> uh, we uh, both haven't done that game, and it's our February game of the month for the podcast. So it's as good a time as any. And as of recording, the new RTDL list came out, and I'm hoping it's on there. It's always on there when I don't want it to be, but hopefully it is this time. <laughs> We shall see. Let's see what Halo Infinite Achievement you're going to make us go for in this no. RTDL list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of Halo Infinite Achievements. It usually shows up. <laughs> yeah, that's about it for me this week. Okay. Well, you mentioned auction, Oxenfree, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention that we have an Oxenfree game club on, the, on our YouTube. You can check that out. We do. I know Waka had that one up. I forget who all was, was on that, that with him. Was that ours? Yeah. Yes. Oh. It was quite a while ago. Definitely within the uh It came out in twenty sixteen, so I thought it was uh Zed. <laughs> so long ago. Mm-mm. I'll have to remember. I be- if I remember correctly, we did Soma first, and everyone loved it so much that he wanted to find a new game, so he went to Oxenfree. And then it died. <laughs> well, then it had... Uh, I'll have to bring it back. Spec Ops. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, there's a playlist on our YouTube channel you can check out if you want. would like to listen to that. Mm. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead next. Ooh. So... Being away for almost a week obviously has made it a little bit difficult to actually really play anything. I did a little bit of like gaming on xCloud, and that all worked fine well enough. But I did notice that today uh, that Age of Empires 2 has launched on the console. Now, I remember saying when this was first released, that I had absolutely no idea how this was going to work because this game is quite complicated. And whereas uh, RTS for console, like Halo Wars, was made for the console and then it was more or less ported to the computer. Whereas Age of Empires is a 25-year-old game, obviously, 
made for the computer and now it's being ported to the Xbox. Now, I haven't been able to put a lot of time into this just yet. I started the game up. I did the first tutorial mission that they start you off on. The game immediately goes into that. And then after that, I did another level, one one that I knew from the campaigns that I've always really enjoyed. I knew how it would flow, so I was able to play the game without having to have my hand held through this stupid tutorial mission as I knew what I was doing. And like I said, with the about an hour ish that I put into it so far, I got to say it's not awful. I've, I, it's not the best. I think Halo Wars has done a little bit better. It feels a little bit smoother, but it's not awful. If you are newer to an RTS, especially one on a console, and you don't exactly know how Age of Empires 2 plays as you've never played it or you haven't played it in decades, I think the console edition will actually be a very nice, um, a very nice introduction to the game. And what I mean by that is obviously you are very limited on the controller when playing an RTS as opposed to like a mouse and keyboard. And they do certain, they have a couple of different options and toggles that you can turn on or off to help you balance your economy since you can't, you just cannot move as quickly. And what I mean by that, like there's an option where you can, if you need to prioritize um, advancing to the next age and you need food and wood, you can just turn that on and your villagers will automatically just prioritize to those. Some will come off of like building or some will come off of stone and go to that. So that's kind of interesting. There's a couple of other um, quality of life things I've noticed that aren't on the console that are on the PC version. But all in all, I think it's a pretty good port. I'm going to try it a little bit more and see how it is. I noticed while I was playing around in the settings that you can have crossplay turned on. Why in God's name you would ever want to have crossplay turned on with this is I, I have absolutely no idea, but that's the thing. I guess ju- that's just to help uh, populate if you're doing a skirmish or something like that. But yeah, it's uh, it's there. I want. I wonder how popular it will actually be on the console as a, as opposed to the PC. I will say that it did add a couple of new achievements to it. There was a title update, and the game, all in all, is probably a a, a difficult completion, especially if you're not really into RTS games. And this is very. Very easy to get on your tag. So if you're someone who is a completionist, I would not try this on your actual tag. I mean, just for creating five, queuing up five villagers gets you an achievement. That There's been a couple of extremely easy achievements added, which I guess if you need achievements for a certain contest with a high ratio, that'll probably be good. But either way, this is added to... Uh, Game Pass if you would like to try it. And with that, uh, let's go to Nate. <laughs> Tell me about your game. Okay, I will. Um, 
what I did is I played a shadow drop that dropped this week <laughs> because that's what I do. Uh, but unfortunately, um, I've, my direction has been in a million, uh, or my focus has been in a million directions, I should say, um, because of server shutdowns, things like Marvel's Avengers, Rumbleverse, um, all these other things I'm working on. So uh, it, it's good for me that the Game Pass chasings were all pretty much done uh, for the end of January. Um, so I had this little bit of lag, uh, or a little period where I, you know, I had this quietness where I could go play something I wanted to that was brand new. That was, there were no expectations I could do that. And when I saw the trailer for Hi-Fi Rush, and when I saw that news, uh, I should preface it with, I had read reports that there was going to be nothing new at the showcase. It was just going to be information about games that we already knew. It was just going to be deeper dives into those things. So when really? they lied... When they lied and <laughs> put in a shadow drop, I was like, this is awesome. Uh, and when I saw everything that was going on, I, I was thinking Jet Grind Radio. I was thinking Sunset Overdrive. Those were the two things that just came to mind, the two games. And I was just like, I don't know what this thing is, but that's what it reminds me of. And sure enough, a um, couple caveats. Uh, c- completionists, beware. <laughs> if, if you absolutely have to be able to complete every single game you start. You may not want to start this on your tag right away. Um, you could play for about half an hour before you get an achievement. Uh, so you, there's no harm in, in testing it, but if you absolutely want to be safe and you never want to get this on your tag, unless you're sure, definitely play it on an alt uh, if you're on the fence. Uh, second caveat, I am not the best at rhythm games. While I was a musician in a previous life, and I can keep a beat, I swear to you, uh, when it comes to video games, there's something about me not being able to hit the beat. Uh, I don't know what that is. So, not the best at rhythm games. Um, this game is fun. Um, and it 100%, uh, what you saw in the trailer, if you thought, oh, this reminds me of Sunset Overdrive, this is basically the spiritual successor to Sunset Overdrive. It really feels like, oh, this is the sequel we were maybe going to get. Uh, whereas they've taken the rail grinding and they've replaced it with a rhythm game or rhythm mechanic, I should say. Um, the game is very uh, colorful. I know I get slammed yes. for saying that, but it's bright, <laughs> it's attractive, and it's not drab. How about that? This game is not drab. Would you like that to be my new catchphrase? <laughs> um, there's a lot of humor uh, in the game, and it's, it's once again, it's kind of like that Sunset Overdrive type of humor. Uh Something that just struck me as I was playing, and I put it about an hour and a half to two hours. So, third caveat. Um, it seems very polished. For a game that just, you know, I, I had heard nothing about it. It just dropped that day. Uh, it's from a, a developer who did a completely different style of game. This is not in their wheelhouse at all. This thing is so polished. Um, the controls feel good. You know, the humor's on par. The graphics are amazing. The mechanic is well done. Uh, it has licensed music. There are five. Ooh. I think five. One, two, three, four, five. It's like six licensed um, songs. Uh, two from Nine Inch Nails. One from the Black Keys. Prodigy. Uh, Joy Formidable. Normal uh, Number Girl. Wolfgang Gartner. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, and honestly. Um, wow. So there are some that. licensed songs. And... Uh, they have taken streamers into consideration. When you turn on streaming mode, those songs don't get played. And instead, uh, a replacement song, uh, generic, not generic, but, you know, uh, <clears throat> original music plays instead. Nice. 
Um, so, I mean, even when it starts up, you're, you're hearing uh, Lonely Boy uh, by the Black Keys, which I love. I love that song. So that this is really slow to me. And it was kind of low and in, in, in the background, but you hear it and it, it, everything is to the beat. Um, everything is to the beat. I was listening to uh, the Xbox podcast with Major Nelson where he was talking to, I guess, the game, the primary game um, uh, developer or project lead or whatever. And he was saying that this game was influenced by the movies of Edgar Wright. So if you know anything about those movies, uh, like Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim, Shaun of the Dead, there are scenes in them where everything is choreographed to music. And and those, but not not the entire movie, just these certain sequences like are choreographed to a particular song. And a lot of times you'll see that in trailers, right? Where they're like the punches will be read on the beat of the, the music or whatever. Um, that is this entire game. This game, everything Interesting. in this game is on the beat. Um, you walk on the beat. And, and initially that feels kind of annoying because you can't ever run because you wouldn't be running on the beat. Um, so when you're walking around, every step is on the beat. Everything in the environment is pulsing on the beat. Manhole covers lift a little bit. You know, windows, uh, you know, might, if there's a light on the wall, it might pulse on the beat. Um, you know, there's <clears throat> just everything is on the beat. So do you need a little guide that tells you when to hit things? No, because everything in the world <laughs> is on the beat. And it's, uh, you don't really maybe notice it at first, and it's just nice that uh, you don't have to have that little indicator on your screen where everything else is just moving at whatever speed. Like, all the information you're taking in is helping you stay on beat, which is great. Um, what else should I say? Oh, th there's good tutorials in this. So <laughs> the levels are long. Uh, I've, I've played, uh, like I said, I'm about halfway into the second level. I've played for an hour and a half to two hours. These levels are long. Um which I thought was a drawback. But I discovered that when you get to a checkpoint, you can just go back to the title menu. Uh, you can then go back into the game and you'll be at that checkpoint. So don't feel like you can't take a break until you finish a level. You can take breaks and you'll, when you come back into the game, you'll be at your last checkpoint. So that is good. That is positive. Um, uh, one of the things I was, I was talking about is uh, when you're looking at combos and you're learning new moves, there's a little animated window that shows you the movements going on. This is this is the type of polish I'm talking about. Like right? you wouldn't expect this. This game has that. It's it's really good. You can see what the combo is going to look like. You can see the timing of the hits. Um, it you know gives you a little information like, hey, this is great for taking out people in the air and stuff like that. Um, when you're done with the game, I, I'm not there, but uh, from stuff I've heard from everyone. Um, there's chapter select. So there's no new game plus, but there is a lot of cleanup that you're going to have to do. Uh, you have to go get S ranks on things. So if you hate that word S rank, this game has that. Be aware. Gross. Um, <laughs> when you go back, you can get those S ranks. I tell you, like I said, I'm not great at rhythm games. And at the very beginning, it was very jarring. It's very hard to kind of like understand exactly how the rhythm system works in this game. Uh, coming from a hack and slash, you know, I love hack and slash. I love beat em up. Um, the way the game works is it takes your controller inputs for, you know, hitting and it doesn't matter where you hit, right? It's going to happen. It's actually going to connect on the next beat in the music. So if you start kind of in the middle of the music and you hit X, you won't actually connect until the next beat. And, um, once that happens, if you start hitting the button as you hit the thing, you're you're gonna be you're gonna stay on beat when you do that, and it's hard to describe. But I feel like if you have any interest in this game at all, you should try it. Um, by the time I had played about an hour, 
I really felt like I was starting to get it. To get it, I haven't had an S rank yet, but I know it's coming because my scores are slowly creeping up and the game's getting more difficult. I started on normal. There's multiple difficulty levels. They do not stack. Uh, if you go to it and did the hardest level, you would not get the normal and the easy uh, achievements to pop. You have to play this game multiple times. That's one of the reasons that you know if you're a completionist, you may not want to be in. <laughs> you may not want to dive in. Uh, and this is one of the things you should know ahead of time. There's an achievement uh, that requires you to do um, every Hall of Fame event in the base. That means uh, kill enough guys, get enough um, pickups, uh, all these sorts of things. And then, of course, uh, beat every boss without getting hit. Uh, and then S rank every level. And, and that's going to require you to have really good scores across all those fights throughout the game. So, like I said... If you're a completionist, that's going to be challenging. If you like a good challenge, go for it. Uh, but if you just want to enjoy the game, so far, I am doing that. Uh, and I am not a completionist, and I am not, uh, like I said, the best at rhythm games, but I am having a lot of fun with this game. Uh, it really does feel like that Sunset Overdrive game that we were never going to get. Uh, and I look forward to more time with this. Um, this is not a game that you're going to want to play a little bit here and there. I think you're going to want to to be involved in it. And, and at least, you know, have this be like 50% of your playtime or whatever. This is kind of like your main game that you're kind of playing a good chunk of time uh, frequently. Because it does take a while. It's kind of jarring to get into that, uh, you know, the beat system of the game. And if you took too much time off, it's, it's a little bit difficult to come back to. Um, so I wouldn't recommend it if you're a dabbler. Uh, but if you can put some solid time into it, I think this this might be a game for you. I'm having a great time with it. I hope I can keep committing time to it uh, to make actual progress. I'm sure so, you have no questions. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Is first, off, oh, first off, I would just like to say how sad gaming has been when the very first thing you talk about is how polished a game is because just everything is just not polished and full of holes and glitchy on day one. That's so sad. Well, I, yeah, I don't think it's that. I just, you, you can tell that this game, they didn't rush it out. They didn't like, oh, we have to have a game for a shadow drop for this event. No, it's like, this thing, so they've nice. been working on this. Yeah, it was ready to go. And, um, that's you know, so nice. It, from a developer who doesn't normally make this type of game, it's quality. This is not a rushed free game. This is a quality game. Even though it's like a 30 or $40 a regular price, it, it's a quality game. I will also what? say, so we've gotten, Oop, go ahead, Michelle. No, just what what's actually happening in Hi-Fi Rush? I've heard so much about the the music and the look and the feel and like what's <laughs> it, it's Oh, is that an, important? Okay, yes. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I you know, what's what's <laughs> happening? Okay, here's a little bit of the story. Uh you are going into that I've gathered. Now, once again, I'm not the best story guy either. So, uh so I apologize. Uh you uh are going in to get a job at this company where they uh, give you robotic appendages to do jobs. And uh, so you're going in to be a janitor, and uh, but you want to be a rock star. Uh, you have dreams of being a rock star. You constantly got an MP3 player on you. Um, there's an accident, and uh, that, that happens uh, when you're going through your procedure, and your MP3 player gets inserted into your heart, kind of like Iron Man style. So you've got like this <laughs> little... Like, uh, you know, uh, computerized heart uh, or motorized heart, and uh, your MP3 player is the center of that. So that's why everything in the game 
is centered around the beat of the music. Um, and then your robotic arm is because you're going to be a janitor, a trash guy. Uh, I think it was a trash collector, not a janitor. And um, so your arm uh, has certain upgrades. Like um, you, uh, There's going to be a magnet later on that you can then use that to kind of like uh, move and also uh, uh, basically um, <clears throat> cover the distance between yourself and uh, an enemy, which is really good because if you, if you can't run and you can't, you know, increase your speed that way. At least you can use the magnet tether to get close to them to uh, to beat them up. So, what type of game is it? Is, is it? It's a. It's basically a, it's a beat em up. So you are just like swinging your arm with like a little guitar that you make out of trash. Uh, uses uh, mag, you know, magnetism to to basically build this thing, and you are just beating up these robots uh, in this company. And then you're also going after presidents uh, or you know uh, people in positions uh, in that company. So you're going after like the head of development, you're going after um, the finance director, those sorts of things. <laughs> so those are the bosses, right? They're, they're actual bosses in the company. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah. The mini bosses are bosses. <laughs> so yeah, Very it's, clever. it's a hack and slash uh, beat em up type game um, tied to music. And um, I think that was your question. Was there more? No, that was, that was just, I, People are just so enamored with the mm. look and the music and the gameplay, mm. and nobody's really talked about well, why are why are you here, uh, and what's what's causing like so, so all the stuff you said about the MP3 player and all that like I was not mm. aware from just people talking about it. so thank you that cleared that up. Yeah, no problem. So that's the origin of like the you know where why the beat is so prevalent and everything. Mm -hmm. You very quickly um, make contact with someone who's kind of in. Uh, position to take down the company because the company is doing bad things and uh they speak through a cat so you have like this little cat uh companion and you're gonna get other companions as you go and those companions are gonna have different abilities that you can use some of them can shatter shields some of them put out fires uh things like that and you can only have one at a time uh, so you're gonna have to make some choices there and you're also gonna be backtracking uh, to get to hidden areas that you couldn't get through on your first pass and there's a double jump uh but it is not a vanner <laughs> Um, Rip. But, but there are all sorts of good, uh, all sorts wow. of good trappings uh, to make a good pl action platformer. Excellent. When are we going to have the technology to superimpose uh, a a picture of your boss's face onto uh, a video game boss <laughs> and obliterate him? That Theoretically, my boss is totally awesome. Does this not have a genre yet? How does this not have a genre? I'm calling it an action platformer. There you go. Minimum. Mm. Music game. <laughs> Dance. We'll find out in a couple weeks when they uh, assign genres to it. Classic. There might be bowling. I don't know. Make sure you vote, Nate. Mm. You, you have a say in this. <laughs> I will. I will. Vote. Next bowl sports. <laughs> yeah, that's Hi-Fi Rush, and I hope to talk about it again in the future. I hope other people are going to try it. Uh, there's currently 66,000. Uh, TA says 66,000 people have played this game, and Alex R. Davies is a huge advocate for this game. So if you want to get actual information from someone who's played like 80%, 90% of it, uh, maybe read his uh, uh, postings in the Thesis. Discord or ask him. Ask him. What's amazing <laughs> is it's 66,000 tracked gamers with no previous hype, right? This is just right into Game Pass. And that it has a 4.6 K 
community average, 4.6 out of 5, which That's is really high. Exceptional. Wow. Like when, From 168 when, votes. When uh, Hi Fi Rush first came out, I think the first like three or four votes had it at a, a 3.2. And I was like, wait, what's that? And then like that word started developing. And somebody probably just threw a two on there right away because they downloaded it and didn't immediately get one of the licensed songs or something. But uh, yeah, it's. It is incredible. I, I read something today on, uh, I think it was on IGN, where one of the developers behind the game was talking about how when Hyper Rush was first shown around Bethesda, like it kind of went viral there, like within their own studios. People were like, did anyone see this? And that like helped them oh, wow. make a decision. Like maybe we should just, maybe it's just ready to go. So it's just, it's it's had this incredible sort of just fire under it which has been super fun to to actually see in real time and 66,000 people in a week or not even a week of release is yeah. really really incredible and ta has just updated my my playtime it's at two and a half hours so, Ooh. so those levels are long i'll have you know either that or i'm taking way too much time exploring every <laughs> nook and cranny which i tend to do so i gotta say when Music games were going to make their comeback. I did not expect this. I was expecting more <laughs> plastic instruments. I mean, we got this. We got Metal Hellsinger. We got BPM. And I think there's like another one or two games where it's like a action, music, on the beat type game. Yeah. I feel a new genre coming. Well, I, feel, I think they've done a really good job with this one. It feels really good. Uh, another thing to point out. Oh, it's got 61 achievements. No wonder I like this game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not your 10, so... Canasta celebration. It's no vampire slayers or survivors when it comes to achievements, but 61 still a lot. All right. Well, if nobody has anything else to say on Hi-Fi Rush, let's get into some sales. Uh, Nate, what are you going to recommend? Oh, I barely have anything this week. I've been so... <laughs> My focus has been split, but I will tell you, I was able to pick out a couple of things. There's League of Enthusiastic Losers, which I just love the title. I mentioned it before. I know nothing really about it. It's $5.50 down from 11 It's an adventure point and click, so that ties in really well with uh, the Adventure Pals uh, <laughs> uh, uh, contest that's going on. <laughs> um, and that's a 0 0.5 to one hour completion, so I kind of don't like that. I don't like paying five fifty for half an hour. Um, but, um, you know, I have heard, or I have seen people playing this game, so I assume it's good. Maybe they just want the quick gamer score. And next up is Tiny Hands Adventure. It's $1.20 down from eight. It's a platformer. You're a little T-Rex. You run around platforming. It looks like the old <laughs> school kind of, uh, platformers on the, the N64 type. I love that. Uh, I'm probably going to get this one. And that's all I've got. L, you got anything you want to recommend? Mm, not especially. Just the usual kind of stuff that I recommend. There's a couple of Paugi games on there. Word Wheel and Word Breaker. I still play those games with the misses. And uh, the best part about completing any of those puzzles are, of course, the great puns. As Michelle can... Uh, Agree with yeah. that for sure. <laughs> Nothing right. great this week, as Nate said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got anything you want to recommend, Michelle? No, there's 
these lists. So right now, like my, there are so many games that have been on sale recently with different larger group sales that they've done and all that. And there are just so many games in the marketplace now where like I don't even recognize the titles of so many of them. So with with <laughs> right. some exceptions, of course, I'm mostly here to just have Nate recommend good things. So I'm glad mm-hmm. Nate came through. And recommended a couple things. There's some puzzle games. There's some puzzle games you might want to check. Uh, no, I'll, t- I'll recommend to you on the yeah. side. Sounds good. Thank you. She's just here, so she doesn't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody mentioned that it was Mad Lefty that uh, the Watchdog season passes on sale for five bucks. It tends to not go on sale by itself. So what people actually wind up doing is buying the. Deluxe edition that comes with it, which is more expensive. So I figured that might be worth mentioning since he mentioned it in the Discord. But don't you need a partner to complete the Watchdog DLC? Um, I hear Kenny. What sales do you want to recommend? <laughs> 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 well, I have nothing to recommend other than the free stuff that's come out and it's available now with Games of Gold. You can download Autonauts until February 15th. And then we also have February's Games of Gold. The two games that everyone's going to want to get. For the King, which is available all month long. This is a turn-based card and board game. 60 60 to 80 hours. And then we have Guts and Goals. Available from February 16th to March 15th. It's a sports beat 'em up football game, six to seven hour, but completionists beware as there is one unobtainable. What? So, speaking of that graphic before, it is full of lies. They would never <laughs> lie about I'm that. I'm pretty sure the uh, I'm pretty sure the locked one is the unlocked all modes. Um, <clears throat> I was looking at the uh, the other Discord where they help troubleshoot those things headed up by Vudix now and i think they were saying like it's been patched but it's like it's kind of difficult to do so they're not sure if it's difficulty based or if it's actually broken um but they're they're working on it uh maybe maybe in the future maybe (laughs) well that's good then Uh, at least there's some hope sports beat them up and football wow never seen that before Intriguing. All right. Well, as we mentioned before, there was some Game Pass news. Obviously, as we mentioned before, Hi-Fi Rush, GoldenEye 007, and Age of Empires 2 Console Edition is all available now. But along with that, a couple of games that are available is RoboQuest, but this is game preview and has no achievements at this time, so yes. We also have... Inculenti? Inculenti? I don't know. <laughs> Inculinati, I think. Like Illuminati. Okay. Inculinati. I think that's what they're going for. Yeah. One of those words. But also, <laughs> this is another game preview that has no achievements at this time. Yet. Uh, yeah, it might get some later. Who knows? We got JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R which is available on the cloud console and PC. Arr. Darkest Dungeon. 
available on the cloud console and PC, and Grid Legends on the cloud. Coming February 7th, apparently, is Hot Wheels Unleashed, but we, you know, we've the game of the year edition, I should specify. But we've heard that before. <laughs> All right. Got Hi Fi Rush and Hot Wheels Unleashed battling it out for game of the year. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And being the end of the month, and tomorrow being the first, we have no leaving Game Pass news. So no bad news this this week. We'll bring you the bad news next week. When you'll have even less time to chase that closure. Exactly. (laughs) Even less. Yeah. (laughs) But you probably already know that because of time travel. So Yeah. Right. Right. That's how that works. All right. So I know we mentioned this at the top of the show. But February's Game of the Month game is Bioshock. Michelle, you wanted to mention something about the achievements on that? Yeah, I wanted to do a little bit of, of an achievement talk through because there are some questions about Bioshock and the list and things that people should expect. And I think we all hope that if you're joining us for playing Bioshock this month, play the way that works for you, right? If that means playing a little bit and just getting a taste of it, if that means following a guide all the way through play, enjoy, join the conversation. That's all awesome. However, I have contended over and over again that Bioshock is one of those games that really deserves you just going through it and paying attention to it. Referring to walkthrough back and forth is distracting. It takes you out of the moment and the environment. So I just wanted to highlight a couple things about Bioshock. Now, we're inviting people to play either version, the remastered or the original release. The original release has 51 achievements. It launched with 50, it launched, uh, it added one DLC achievement, uh, and then the remake has those same 51 achievements plus an additional 12 achievements that were added for challenge rooms. If you look at Bioshock's list on TA, there are 37 achievements marked missable. And that obviously Ooh. will make people take a little bit of pause and go, I don't know if this is what I want to do. It really is not that big an issue. The missables are mostly things you're going to do naturally that there, um, throughout Bioshock, there are turrets and security cameras and things that you can hack. There's an achievement for hacking 50 of them. This is marked as missable. More likely than not, you will do this anyway. So just hack everything until you get that achievement. And you'll probably keep hacking things after that because of the benefits you get from that. There are research photos you take throughout the game. And these give you certain perks versus certain enemy types. Once you get the camera and you have to take those photos, you are likely to do that anyway. So just keep doing that until it tells you the photo track is maxed out. You can technically miss this, but just keep in mind to do that throughout and you're not going to miss this. The two big missables that people really actually miss out on are the um, power to the people machines. And I'll get to that in a second and the audio logs. So I just want to put this out there for folks that don't want to refer to a, a guide, but don't want to miss this stuff either. Okay. The audio logs, there are only two places in the game that you don't return to where audio logs can be locked out for you. And that contains a total of five audio logs. Two of them are at the very beginning. So if you get to the medical pavilion at the beginning and you don't have two audio logs, just replay that, get those two audio logs, you'll be fine. <clears throat> Later in the game, you eventually get to Andrew Ryan's office there are going to be three audio logs there. So just make sure you pick those up. So this this is just stuff to stop you from having to go back and forth if you're interested in that kind of thing. 
Insofar as the power to the people machines, which are machines you use to upgrade your weapons. So every weapon upgrade in uh, achievement is marked as missable, which is also unnecessary. There's one machine that gets locked out if you kill a certain character. Um, I don't want to get into that too much. If people have questions about that, you can certainly ask if or you can look at a guide when you get there. But just be aware that you want to avoid doing that. So other than that, most of this is pretty straightforward. There are achievements for, um, for, oh, there are two achievements for difficulty. So very important when you start the game, guys. All right. Because I know you all don't have a lot of experience with it. Mm-hmm. There is the title update achievement that is in both versions of the game is the Brass Balls achievement. And this <laughs> is an achievement for finishing the game on hard with no Vita Chambers. And Vita Chambers are the built-in way in the Bioshock universe of explaining how you suddenly come back to life to do things. There is an option in the menu to turn Vita Chambers off. Do this first so you never accidentally wind up reviving and having to replay the game a second time for that. There are ample and possibly infinite save slots, so just abuse that. Anytime you get through something, just save it, keep on moving. Turn those Vita Chambers off. Also, for the difficulty achievement, or for the difficulty part, you can cheese that. So if you would like to play the game legit, there is a nice solution on TA written by, I wrote the name here, Cooper101183, that really breaks down, here's what you should prioritize, here are the different things you should do to, to make this as uh, as easy as possible, not that it's necessarily easy. But if you don't want to do that, play the whole game on easy. And then there's a specific point at the end of the game where you just have to get there. And while that event's happening, and again, check that same solution, just flip the difficulty to hard and you'll get the hard difficulty. You do not need to play the whole game on hard. If you'd like to, please do. But you can avoid doing that if you want. Um, So yeah, that's, I think, pretty much everything I wanted to bring to people's attention. Did you guys have any questions about anything with the list? Anything that look weird or scary to you? So, I have one question about the, I, would, I think you call them the vital chambers? Yeah, vita chambers. Mm-hmm. Vita chambers. Um, so, is this like a permadeath thing to where if you didn't save your game somewhere, you'd have to start over without, if you haven't turned off? No, not at all. It's They're basically checkpoints. Um, so, if you were to die somewhere, you would just respawn there. You're, when you turn them off, when you die, you're, you, yes, your game would be over, but you'd be able to just reload your last save. Okay. So that's why you're going to abuse saves. And if you play the game on the easiest difficulty, it really isn't that trying. You just have to remember to save. There, there are auto saves throughout, like when you go in and out of different areas. But if you pick up an audio log, throw down an audio, uh, uh, throw down an, uh, a save. Like there's no reason not to use a whole bunch of them since you get so many save slots. Okay, that's a good tip. And then mm-hmm. I just assume because you didn't mention, it, I assume there's no level selects, uh, so you can't go back and get audio logs. There, there isn't a level select, but it's an interconnected map. So as you get to a certain point, you can go. They're called bathospheres, and you can ride the bathosphere to different parts of the of Rapture, and so you can re-explore those and pick things up. But there, there isn't like a a level select or a chapter select per se. Oh, okay. I also wanted to mention quickly the challenge rooms that are only in the remastered version. I haven't yes. played them myself, but there's three challenge rooms, and the, each challenge room has four achievements attached to it. There, 
all four, all three rooms have collecting achievements, rescuing a little sister achievements, and rescuing a little sister under a certain amount of time achievements, and then a fourth achievement that's specific to that room. Same deal, though. If there's anything in the challenge rooms that mandates a higher difficulty, you don't need to put yourself through that. Play it on a lower difficulty, and when you get to the end of it, swap the the difficulty up to the higher difficulty and just finish out the room. So only make it as difficult as you want it to be. Uh, one final note, actually, that I want to make sure to just put out there for people who haven't played the game before. There are these little sisters. I'm sure everyone's seen the art for them, at least. As you find the little sisters throughout the game, you have the option to either like rescue them or harvest them. There is an achievement for rescuing every little sister, and there's no harm in doing this. Like you're not going to lock yourself out of anything. You're not going to be able, you're not going to be locked out of any upgrades that you need. So, in the interest of doing it in one playthrough, even though you get more benefit from the other option, just rescue them all to keep this as as short as possible for all your achievements. Oh, that's good tips. Yeah, Bioshock is awesome. Most importantly, just enjoy it. Like, if if nothing, I know Nate, it's not your kind of game. All kidding aside, but that environment and what it creates in the world of Rapture is really what its strength is. So, at least spend, if you can, spend a little time there and and see if that works for you. And if it doesn't, do what you have to do to just shortcut achievements or you know get as far as you're comfortable with. And hopefully, next month we'll pick something that's a little bit more your speed. All right. Well, I know I thank you for that. That's that's a couple of good tips. That's a good way to go about it. I, as I said before, I've only played like the first maybe two hours of this, and it didn't catch me. And that was when the game was new. So I know <laughs> nothing about this. I don't know how it ends. I don't know anything about the story. So I'm virtually going in blind. So well, that's, I'm looking yeah, forward to yeah. that, knowing all those little tips to be able to do this in one in one in one playthrough. That's good to know. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> that roadmap. Uh, yeah. it's super helpful for a guy who doesn't want to play it multiple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, just for curiosity's sake, does this stuff mm-hmm. work with the OG version as long as well as the remaster? Oh, the difficulty switching, you mean? Yeah, or, like all this stuff. In, yeah, uh, the chamber. All of this and works for both games, so or for both versions. So you're going to get the same experience both ways. Most importantly, first thing you got to do uh, when you start either version, turn off the Vita chambers. Just turn them off and play the game on whatever difficulty you're comfortable playing it on. And that's the first thing. Make sure you do that. Okay. I just wanted to throw it out there, just in case someone really enjoys oh, the remaster question. and wants to go back to 360. Complete mm-hmm. it again. All right. Uh Nate, you got anything else to ask about that? Not me. Besides right. the challenge rooms, Oop. is the list identical? Yeah, the list is the same. Okay. <clears throat> As a remaster should be. <laughs> Stack it. Stack it. All right. Well, then with that, uh, let's get into some brag camp. Michelle, take it away. In completions, we have the Joe Dean with 200 completed games. Skyro Vise, 
Scarabisi, Scar, that guy, high Scar. He has reached 400 completions. <laughs> Yinga Garten at 950 completions. And Slayer Rating has reached 1,100 completed games. Congratulations, everyone. Wow. In streaks, EL Sock with 50 days, RPG Davy with 100, as are Legohead1977 and Koosh Moose. Inferno, Ooh, nice. 118 with 150 days, Desert Fox, 420, also with 150 days, and uh, EOJ, also 150 days. CGH Carter, CGH Carter? No, no, no. CJH Carter, with 200 <laughs> days. <laughs> MZ Fergie with 450. <laughs> Wild West 08 with 500, Fluttery Chicken with 1,000 days, Sincere Seeker 6, that's a name I haven't said in a while, with 1,050 days, and Elroy OMJ with 2,000 days. Hi, Elroy. Barely knew her. In, in gamer score, <laughs> Fisto Roboto has hit 300,000 gamer score, RPG Davey has hit 1.1 million gamer score, and Lucas1987 has hit 2.8 million gamer score. In leaderboards, Alicia is in a top 10 of the England TA leaderboard for party games. By 571 is second in Wisconsin Gamers Group leaderboard for musics. Top 50 of the Gamers Group leaderboard for turn-based. Hi, Road for Two is now in the top 20 of the TA difference leaderboard for American football. Kingsman, I remember that dude. He's in the top 200 of the Gamers Group leaderboard for open world. KT Echo is in the top 200 of the Ohio TA leaderboard for strategy. RPG Dave is in the 200 of the Gamer Square leaderboard for arcade racing. And um, that last one can't be true. But it says that uh, Prism Scroll Lock is in position 69 in the TA leaderboard for hack and slash games. Nice. Damn it, Koosh. Why are you putting stuff in there? That's weird. <laughs> so mature. It's all part of the matrix. I didn't. I didn't do it. Yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. It just came out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, that oh, no. will do it for us this week. As a reminder, next week we will have the live show. Right. So be sure to join us on Twitch that TV slash H one one. For that, we will be going live uh, around nine ish Eastern. We'll have some ducky races and some giveaways to go to do with that. If you got that, if you got Amazon Prime, be sure to get that. Give us that free Prime sub to be in, entered into that, as well as any Twitch subs will get entered into a couple of contests. You can also check us out on Twitter at Achievements One Hundred One. Join the Discord, Discord.io/slash ah one ah one hundred one. Go on over to our YouTube, which obviously Achievement Hunting 101. Check out the Oxen Free Game Club, as, long, as well as all the other game clubs and everything else that we put up there. And last but not least, if you are able to, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Achievement Hunting 101. Thank you all to those that do help support us, keep this show going, let us do contests and all kinds of goodies. But with that, Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. See you all next week. So long. Bye-bye. Hey, 
Hey everybody, welcome back to the segment that hopefully is less stressful to listen to than playing one of those awful plat failures. It is, Genrely Speaking, a segment in which we break down some of the oft-overlooked genres out there, as tracked by T.A., and discuss at perhaps greater lengths than is merited all things that have to do with said genre. I am Elroy OMJ, and I am happier than a cat in a Peruvian fish market to have my co-host in this journey, ready for our 8th edition. She is the amazing M. Hello, Elroy. It has been too long. <laughs> indeed. I'm excited indeed. to get back into our exploration of genres. And yeah. I don't think there ever is a length that isn't merited to go through and discuss these. We've had different changes happen on TA as a result of what we're doing here. I know. Changing I lives. I think we're doing good work. And Indeed. I'm a little bummed that Platfeller has not been approved as an official genre as of yet, but we'll keep pushing. I, someday. I, someday, yes. We'll look back at the previous uh, edition and know that that was the line in the sand when, they, when, when the tide turned, if you will. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> I, I have faith in, in us and the community. But indeed. we're going to move on to an officially recognized genre. Oh. So the last time we spoke, uh, this was the hint we gave for the genre that we're going to speak about today. And that was that this genre is relatively small, but at least amongst the the Achievement Hunting 101 community, socially mighty, as it has produced multiple large-scale play sessions and several memorable moments. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good hint. Uh, right. I'm sure everybody has gotten that. You know, it's going to be real obvious when they hear it. Because, Elroy, <laughs> even you joined us for one of these large-scale boosts. And yeah. that's because we're talking about the mech genre today. Oh, yes. So, I think... For Foo-Foo. Foo-Foo's favorite. Right. Both of us are not really mech folks. And if we had guests on this segment, we should have called in you know, an emergency foo-foo handle or whatever. So we could have had a little more uh, in-depth discussion about the genre itself. But we're going to look at the numbers and we're still going to talk about some snubs and things we need to think about in terms of classifications. But as always, before we go into that, let's talk about how TA defines a mech game. So TA defines mech games using the following genre definition. Mech games give the player direct control over one or more mecha walking combat suits. Usually these games feature customization options to modify the weapon loadout and configuration of the mech. There's a lot to dissect there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there is some vagary in this uh, definition that I can't wait to dive into a little later. Oh, absolutely. We're not going to mess with the format because our format works here. So I know you are ready with some numbers. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and hit them with the numbers. People definitely want these numbers there. So, uh, yes, uh, the breakdown of the mech genre. We have 52 games, 52 whole games. 44 of them are still listed. The total gamer score you can achieve in the mech genre is a whopping 47,600. And that is worth 167,000 and some change of TA. So that is an overall ratio of 3.52 for the 1,880 achievements. So, you know, mid-range, we've had several that are more, some some that have been less, so kind of in the middle. And uh, the highest ratio achievement is just a whole crap ton of ones from this game called Tech Wars. So uh, Tech Wars Global Conquest, it's a... it's not a very used game, but man, if you're looking for some uh, juicy achievements, 
Um, that is a good one. That one currently sets at 7,000 uh, TAA score, so um, very easy to preload, might I add. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it has a whole bunch of them on there, basically. And it's it's mostly the highest ratioed ones because it's just only got, it's got less than a thousand players on it. So that, you know, that happens. So, uh, the gamer score slash TA genre leader is the same individual, uh, which occurs every once in a while. It is Manian 3D. Dun, 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 3D. And that individual has 17,000 of the 47,000 gamer score and has 60,000 of the 167,000 TA. So I don't know if it's a listener or not, but if so, awesome on him or her. Yeah, that's, uh, that is fascinating, actually, that that's all that it takes to be. I feel <laughs> no, like 17. The mech genre is one that would attract gamers to, like, if you're into mech games, you would play mech games. So. Mm-hmm. To actually hear you go through the stats and hear that the top uh, achiever in this category has earned less third. than half of the gamer score and less than, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, about a third of the TA is, is pretty surprising. Yeah. So if you're wanting to climb a certain, you know, any leaderboard of the genre, <laughs> lots of potential here. Although I would suggest bull sports first, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Start. Yeah. Obviously. Start small. <laughs> Uh, the average rating of the games are fairly well received at a 3.26 with the highest rated game being no other than Titanfall 2 with a 4.4 so the sequel is actually rated higher than the original which is also the second and the third highest rated one in the genre with Titanfall uh, 1 having a 4.3 and a 4.2 with the higher ratio or rate, rated one being on the Xbox One, I guess because it's better graphics and all that good stuff, I wouldn't know because I haven't played any of them. But, um, but yeah, so three, all three of the top games are all the Titanfall. So I, I would say that you know if we're doing the, uh, um, <laughs> the, uh, the top four, if you will. So uh probably yeah. titanfall 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 on there <laughs> yeah so that's it uh but uh the lowest rated would be uh 1.8 uh, uh stars for war world which i i have known nothing about so war world um it's totally unfamiliar to me too yeah uh again we're we're kind of rookies to this whole um mech i guess uh, experience but uh, it's a it's not a real game it is a ubisoft game but it's not a real game apparently it's a uh, uh a little 200 pointers from oh, back, in the, oh, I back see. in the 360 yeah so uh, not a whole lot of people on that one either is that one of the still listed ones because there are eight um titles that are, are not yes. available okay yeah, so it's not too late. If you got five dollars burning a hole in your pocket, <laughs> you can go get War World with its one point seven nine uh stars there. Alright, and then uh most popular game, no surprise there, is two hundred and six thousand uh tracked gamers, and that would be Titanfall for the X Bone, not the three sixty. And the least popular game, I love some of these names of these. You got War World, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and then 45 entire individuals have started up and are tracked on Zegapain. So, Zegapain, yes. A terrible name. 
Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that you could probably use it for some kind of contest. I'm sure there's probably a contest out there where you have to like get a a game which starts with a Z. Sure. So maybe. Yeah. So I, other than that, I can't think of anything useful about this game. <laughs> <laughs> It's a 360 game on made by Bandai Namco, so right, and it's not backwards compatible. So no, it, yeah. So it's, who knows it's, how accessible this game even is? Uh, I don't know. It looks like it has a bunch of, I don't know. It has a, a free with new. I, I don't even know what that is. I guess if you buy it, you get this free or something. I don't know. I mean, I obviously am not familiar with the game, so um, I will put that right out there. But apparently, it is an anime that came uh, out in 2006. Yeah. So. This is a game likely based around that anime and um, probably is Japanese only, I would guess. I'm not 100% sure, obviously. Oh, yeah, uh, probably. That would probably make sense. It looks like it was released in 2006, so it was released right at the beginning of the 360, which might explain why neither of us really knows it, because you were a late (laughs) adopter and I didn't get my 360 till after 2007 and certainly didn't have my eyes on any of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting to me on this this one here. What's that? Is uh, for how the how the the uh the stars on this Zega Pain is. It's got a 2.67 stars, but mm-hmm. I don't know where that's coming from. If you look at the first category, it has a 1.0 stars, and then if you look at the second category, it has a 0.5 stars. So where is it getting the 2.67? Am I just having a slow moment? The first or? category? Well, when if you look it up on TA, mm-hmm. it has, it has like, like it's divided up almost like, kind of like DLC almost, but it says free with new, so it's not, I don't oh, know. I, yeah, so, I don't know. And so the first one, it's got two sections, and it accounts for all one thousand of the gamer score. So I don't know. If there's a part to the game oh. that's not that or that is fascinating yeah yeah i don't get the scoring on that at all and it looks like 46 people started that first section and only 21 started the section second section and there's more people that started the first section that started the whole game so i don't i i am totally lost on this one so it looks like it's two portions it's (laughs) it's xor and not and surprisingly there's actually a walkthrough for zega pain on ta and <laughs> Who knew? yeah and and the walkthrough indicates that this is partially a mech game but it's also partially a visual novel so huh. i never thought or dreamed that there would be a half visual novel half mech game on ta but here we are and what's fascinating about that is it's not even listed as a visual novel yeah, on no, TA. Say, so third person shooter yeah so. it's uh Wow, this is weird going on with this one. (laughs) Fascinating little game. But yeah, I see what you're saying. So the base game, just Zega Pain, is is no achievements and no gamer score. So it almost comes across as if it's like a hub. Like if they took the, and I don't Uh know this as a fact because clearly we don't know the game, but you know the Hasbro Family Game Night games? Yeah, okay. It it almost looks as if if they took the hub of Hasbro Family Game Night and just made that a zero gamer score game and then Mm -hmm. stuck all the individual DLC under that. That's kind of how this looks like it's reporting on TA. All right. Well, it's interesting. It is yeah. interesting. I also wanted to point out one other thing, since clearly we're looking around the site. Um, that Titanfall number of tracked gamers, I think you had a little typo in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because apparently Titanfall 1 actually has over 300,000 gamers tracked, not 200,000. So it's oh, 306,000. So I think it was just one little, oh, little typo well, there. Yeah. But so, yeah, Titanfall is 
amazing. I know you didn't play it, and I love Titanfall. Oh, yeah, sure is. Um, yeah. But especially when it came out, it was uh, March of 2014, so it was really one of the first big exclusive mm-hmm. franchises that came out on the Xbox One. It was one of those, um, I believe it was former Activision employees who used to work on Call of Duty who got together and formed Respawn Entertainment who made Titanfall. So it had this pedigree and people were really excited about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's not surprising it, it got tracked that highly. Yeah, I, I was just was dead set against playing it. I don't know. Maybe it was the... <laughs> You know, the mech suits, mech suits just kind of scared me. Or maybe it was the 320 to 425 hour completion that kind of there is that. took me off. There yeah. is that. I mean, it's also entirely multiplayer. <laughs> like, you can't... It, it's a multiplayer game. They, they included a quote-unquote story sort of by, mm-hmm. like, putting some story-related text on eight of the maps. But there's no campaign. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see how it didn't check the boxes for you, Alright. <laughs> I know that uh, like Foof would always try to get me to add it onto my tag and, <laughs> and uh, th- you know threaten to make it like the result of a, a bet or something if we were betting on something where if I lost, I had to start Titanfall or something. But <laughs> yeah, so I avoided that. And it's, it looks like, is it gone now? Is it? Yeah, it's, it, well, it's removed from the store, but you can get it physically, I'm sure. But Titanfall? Yeah. Yeah, this has been removed from the store. That, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, that seems I'm, odd. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Well, I guess they get Titanfall 2. They just killed the what's it, uh, Overwatch, I guess. Maybe same concept. Well, dude. Titanfall 2 actually was... I mean, Titanfall 2 has an amazing campaign to it. It's actually a whole lot of fun to play. And so... I guess as we're getting into a discussion about mech games, one thing mm-hmm. about mechs, at least the way that I think of them, because I mostly associate them with watching anime, and it's sort of these big lumbering machines where you hear right. like really heavy footfall and all that stuff. Titanfall doesn't feel that way. And there are mm-hmm. there in Titanfall there are three Titan body types, and that's the mecha part of the game, right? Because otherwise it's a first person shooter. And mm-hmm. according to TA's definition, mecha are these con- you know combat walking suits and you can pilot them and customize them and and titanfall definitely checks those boxes but it doesn't feel slow it doesn't feel lumbering it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. tough to control everything feels super responsive and in my head when i think about the mecha genre i think about that sort of clunkiness and i'm not into customization of stuff as people know by now so that doesn't really hold water for me in terms of a genre Mm -hmm. and i think that's why titanfall stands above in terms of its tracking numbers because as much as it is a mecha game that i don't think that's a question i don't think that that's incorrectly classified mm-hmm. it plays like a typical first person shooter all right so all right i mean i, I wouldn't know because obviously i haven't played but that's kind of what i think of too is like these lumbering machines that you get in and out of but i i, I guess the once the sticking point for me is um, the walking part. Like, mm-hmm. Does it have to be a walking combat suit? Can it have wheels on it? Like uh, if it was a robot that you got in and out of that just happened to have a uh, a tread on it instead of mm-hmm. uh, legs. I mean, is that something? I mean, I don't know. It just seems oddly specific that they want it to be a walking combat suit. And uh, I guess that's one of the sticking points. And then, it doesn't really address the removability of the suit. So, 
Like, is it like a where you're a character and the character just happens to be a dude in a in a robot suit? Is that a mech one? I mean, or is it that you can get out of the the suit? You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I get you completely, and and I think this will kind of blend nicely into potential submission or omissions and snubs yeah. and such because i i have this impression in my brain that it means like when they talk about a walking combat suit mm-hmm. it's not like a skin so a game like vanquish for example mm-hmm. right like you're basically in this like super suit for the whole game that's that's how you mm-hmm. play but it's still you right there it's not like a set of controls moving the robot that you're controlling. And I think that's more the intention of mecha games, but I agree. It's not, you become a walking combat suit in the game by wearing yeah, that I, stuff. I think vanquish. I, I'm, I, I wish I had thought of that one. That's, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> I think that should be in there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind like, again, I'm on the fence and I think some of this comes down to what is the actual definition of mecca in the cons mm-hmm. in, in this construct right because I, I i imagine it's sort of again based on those big robot anime and and mm-hmm. how they view what mecca is but when you break it down to a walking combat suit mm-hmm. i think it's a little more vague and i i'm a little confused too because the the definitions on ta are usually pretty particular but this one says it's usually that they feature customization options which means it doesn't have to so is that really even a mark of the mm-hmm. genre at all, because if it doesn't need yeah. it, then it doesn't yeah, the, matter, right? <laughs> yeah, the usually that's that's kind of like just throw it out. Then I mean, it's like eh, it can, but it can't. Yeah. Right, exactly. And it seems like they could have spent that sentence on something else, like saying you must be able to exit the suit, or you must be able to do this. You, you know, it can't be a skin, like you said. Right. Uh, but I mean, to me, a skin—that's even more direct because it says give people direct control over one or more, you know, walking combat suits. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's like an extension of your body, like how much, you know, more direct can it get? So yeah, and, and that's like. Does it have to be singular? Because what about something like uh, Voltron or Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, right. where there are several units that come together to make a big, bigger, you know, unit, whether it's Voltron or the Megazord or whatever. Right. But there are human beings controlling those pieces. Does that not become a mech anymore because it takes five of them instead of just a single mm-hmm. person going into the combat suit? Right. And Yeah. And again, to me, also, the removability is a key thing because, mm-hmm. again, like... You could take any of these uh, Rattleka games or whatever, and just change change you know a few sprites here and there, and change it from <laughs> a from a space you know ship to a dude in a in a suit you know in, in a in a mech suit, and is that now become a mech one because you're you know well and that's, you know, like, I I didn't even write this down in in mind, but um, Mega Man X in that very first stage, you jump into this like suit of armor thing that punches mm-hmm. and it can punch walls through it's a very small <laughs> part of the gameplay but that's exactly what it is it's a motorized combat suit yeah like does that do these games i don't think any of the games in this genre are 2d i think they're entirely 3d yeah. games Possibly. so i don't I know if any. that's another tell for them but <laughs> ta doesn't list that as such i mean there's gotta be a, at least one 2d one in there if there's at least one visual novel one in there right like <laughs> i don't know yeah it's, I, I don't i have no idea <laughs> i don't either but <laughs> 
But, uh, but we just I talk about the genres. We don't have to know them super intimately. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But I had a couple of uh, of submissions. Sure. So I, I'm not sure I can beat Vanquish, but here's my best one, I think, is a very similar game. It's uh, Valley. Did you ever play that I one? I have not. It's basically like Vanquish. You're, if you just pull up the page, I'm sure there's a picture of the main character, but it's uh, you're running around and you can see that you have like, some crap on your legs. Uh, that's a an exosuit of sorts, and then you're going around upgrading like these this suit that you're wearing, but it's like a person wearing like a, a suit of sorts. So yeah, very vanquishy. Okay. And so, um, so when you said vanquish, that was kind of funny to me because I had a V on there as well because I always just put the first letter, and uh, so as not to spoil. It. <laughs> mine, right. mine was Valley, not vanquish. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, so Valley, yeah. It's like a, a game where you just wear a suit and you're running around like all kinds of landscapes and upgrading your suit. And mm-hmm. uh, you are attacking people in your suit, so I assume it's a battle suit. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the best one I got that I think should be included yeah. in there. I don't, I don't see where it would be excluded, I should say. Right. So that, that's probably the best one I had. And no, I got a couple others that I could make a slight argument sure. for, I guess. Uh, the first one being Bunny Factory. Well, I mean, come on. Uh, we're going to be talking about, have you played Bunny Factory? And it's 5,000 TA or 5,000 gamer score or whatever it is at this point. Uh, it's one of those games that keeps getting, you know, um, added on to. But uh, yeah, 3,000 right now. But basically, if you look at the artwork for the game, you'll see that you are a bunny inside of a mech suit. And you're just moving crap around. Oh, and, uh, it's okay. like a puzzle game. It's like a puzzle game, but you spin the entire thing in a, in a walking mech suit. So I don't know if they exclude that one because it's not necessarily a combat suit. You're, it's more of a factory, hence the name Bunny Factory. But it's more of inside of a, a um, you know factory setting where you're just moving boxes around. Mm-hmm. But still. Um, I, yeah, I that's know. that's interesting because you're still using a motorized suit, and and it could it, be for combat. One of those, if you punch yeah, a box, it, right? I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, you can kick them and stuff. There, I mean, there are some actions like that, and it's been a hot minute since I played it, but I don't think there's any enemies or anything. But you're just basically punching and moving boxes. Yeah, but you can't you can't punch the boxes. But uh, so I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, you never see, you know, you never gets out of the uh, the outfit. Although I assume it looks like all the other rabbits and all the other rabbit games. <laughs> that uh, I assume I know what it would look like, but uh, you, you know, we just don't know because he's in the, the the suit the entire time. So there you go. Okay. All right. So that was the other one I thought was pretty good. And then I got two that are kind of French, but uh, bear with me here. <laughs> so uh, the first one. Um, I'll just throw it out there. Uh, Mechanica. Um, that one crossed my mind too. Yeah, so the whole point of the game is that you're building this, you know, world demolishing uh, mecha suit. And mm-hmm. uh, so, and at the very end, you do so. So, um, I mean, granted, you don't spend the bulk of the game in it, but uh, it's definitely, you know, in there. Yeah. It's, yeah, at some point. I mean, I guess if it was just an appearance of it, then you'd have to add in all kinds of games like, you know. Um, well, 
actually, you know, um, what you're saying, I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, I was actually, just thinking. It, it, the logic follows from one of my choices, so I'm going to just jump right in and, and say oh, it, sure, and, sure. and I'll explain why. Uh, right. One of the ones that came to my mind was Transformers, because they're just that's, giant mechs. That's that's what they are. They're transforming machines. And I thought initially while researching, the reason it's excluded is because usually someone's piloting it, right? And that's kind mm-hmm. of the issue maybe against Mechanica is nobody's really piloting it for the whole time. But mm-hmm. the definition doesn't actually say that, just as the player has control. It doesn't say that the player has control because it is the player is playing a human being or some other anthropomorphic thing that then pilots this machine. There's no implication of having to pilot it. It just has to be a walking combat suit. So Mm. I don't know why Transformers doesn't fit that definition. I think I'm splitting hairs here, but the definition leaves room for that. And I think it's the same thing for what you're bringing up there. No, that's, uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with that addition as well. So, um, I mean, it kind of looks like the one game in the series, uh, I mean, was it Mech Warrior? I mean, that mm-hmm. looks that looks just like a Transformer game to me. Exactly, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just, giant but, uh, robots that fight each other. The only yeah, difference is there's yeah. an understanding, I think, in Mech Warrior that there's a person inside the machine. It's the same thing in Titanfall. I mean, like, the, but the Titans can but, run around on their own. They don't need the pilot in there. That's a gameplay mechanic that they can be in there, but they can uh, do their own I, thing. So, but wouldn't you? Couldn't you argue, argue that there's a person inside each transformer because they they talk and they speak? <laughs> well, and, they are uh, themselves a, a being. <laughs> I don't know if that crosses a line. Yeah, like if it becomes self aware, is that mm-hmm. is that a thing? So exactly. Yeah, and the, the other one that crossed my mind is uh, Gears of War, because oh, yeah. in Gears of War three, or no, four, I'm sorry, in particular, but even in mm-hmm. earlier Gears of War, there there are uh, mech suits you can get into when you're playing Horde and such, and you can use them. And then the campaign. But in Gears 4, there's a whole section where you play in a giant mech suit. <laughs> well, that seems uh, so it's, pretty it seems uh, to me like incriminating. Yeah, there's there's I mean, as I recall, that's what's the case anyway. You're you're playing in this giant thing and you're going around and stomping on cars and kicking things at, at enemies. I, I mean, it's one chapter in one portion in a game that's got ugh, hundreds of hours of achievement related content but that that chapter plays that way so okay. seems to me that that that's a little more on the nose it's not the entirety of the gameplay but it seems to be enough right and to me i don't know why i just keep going back to the maybe because it's because i recently did it but um on uh conquers you know when you do the alien scene and mm-hmm. you jump in the in the little loading robot mech suit thing mm-hmm. and you throw the, and you throw the alien out right is there, is, is there any alien games that have something similar to that like uh, you know where you like throw the the original alien sure uh, movie yeah, like where you, you throw the hijack uh, yeah, I've never played any of the Alien games, like uh, Isolation or any of those. But I assume that at some point they would use that, right? Like, that's kind of a, um, you know, kind of a big scene. I mean, for... it might be similar to your bunny uh, question, and <laughs> that maybe that's a suit that was meant because these things take place on spaceships or whatever else. And these are suits that were meant more for doing labor and not for fighting, mm-hmm. but still, if you get in the suit and now you're fighting with it, you're fighting with yeah. it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I think I might have 
found maybe kind of what we were looking for earlier. I was just kind of looking back through mm-hmm. some of my games here, and uh, and uh, there's actually a game called Mecco Tales, and it's like one of those little crappy, quick uh, games where basically you're wearing like some kind of motorized you know it's, it's basically what we're talking about where you just took the character and turned him into like a mech robot even though it's like a little 2d they got it listed as a running gun but okay again yeah but that's kind of the yeah what i was trying I see to what you're, get to yeah i, I see what you're so, getting at yeah and then the other one was uh there's mech mechanic simulator oh <laughs> There's okay. a simulation. There's a simulation game which is all about repairing mechs. So one could argue. Uh, I mean, I've never played this game, but I assume at some point you are going to test them, right? And you would think. You would think. Like, how do you know that you uh, successfully finished the job or successfully did that? But the whole game is about repairing mechs. It's like a like uh, an auto mechanic for mechs. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it seems seems like mech mechanic simulator would be uh one of the ones to kind of make the cut, but uh It's literally maybe, got mech in the title. Very interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe you never actually get in the mech. You just, you know, puts around outside it and, and Right. Uh, and I could see that. Them. Like if if the, there was a game that was entirely about buying the buying the groceries to cook something it wouldn't be a cooking game because you're doing right, the job right. to prepare for cooking right. but if at any point you actually take out and test your work yeah seems like that would go <laughs> yeah so i'm just curious that one would be on my radar i i mean again i i don't i'm not curious enough to actually play this game mm-hmm. but uh uh 151 people have so maybe you could ask one of them but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know but so it's kind of silly. I don't know. I guess you could probably go to YouTube and try to find it. It was kind of a late find there on that one, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. So that's about all I got. I mean, I don't really know much about mech games, so there you have it. Right. Now, I'm sure <laughs> Kenny will, will pop up in podcast discussion to tell us why everything we said is completely invalid and we don't understand the core of, of what a mech game is. And I welcome that because I'd like to know more. <laughs> and I admit that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you got me. So, but man, I know maybe he did. I wonder if he knows that game exists because, you know, Foof, he's like a a simulator and a mech guy. Like, I don't know if he'd be able to handle mech simulation. And he's actually a mechanic in real life, too. It's like everything about Kenny. Man, that sounds like the perfect birthday or Christmas gift for uh, Mr. Fufu. <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he can be the 152nd person to start the game. There you go. But anyway, so you got any uh, good achievement highlights from this uh, wonderful genre <laughs> that we enjoy? So sure. I've only played four games in the genre, uh, and those would be the two versions of Titanfall 1, Titanfall 2, and Hawken. Mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed my experiences with all three, actually. Like, probably, I don't know that there are many other genres where it is 100% for me to say I enjoyed something about all the games I played in it. So good for mech games. Mm-hmm. But the one I want to highlight is two goods, but I want three in Titanfall. This is mm. the achievement for getting three stars across 15 maps in Frontier Defense in Titanfall. And Frontier Defense is just so much fun. You play with <laughs> up to three other people uh, across various maps. 
and you have to hit certain point thresholds to get anywhere from one to three stars if you should successfully complete them. And it's awesome. And it's just, it's such a great time with friends. You really do have to like work together. You have to strategize. You have to look at what's coming up and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stand here and try to like plug up this entryway and you're going to go here. And you have to think really critically about what your Titan loadouts are to make sure that you have the most Mm -hmm. effective way to attack. And it takes work to get this achievement. Like you can't get carried. Even if you have three very strong players, if you're not at least competent at what you're doing, you can't get carried to success in this one. You really have to be a part of the team to do it. So Mm -hmm. I love it. I enjoyed going for it the first time. I still have not done it on the 360 version, uh, but it's, it's a great achievement and a great game mode. What about you, Elroy? Oh, well, I was just looking at, as you were listening off all these accolades here, I was just thinking, man, she sounds like she might have like a pretty high up on the leaderboard. I was looking at it and uh, you're just slightly ahead of me here. Uh, <laughs> you you with your 5,000 gamer score, that's good enough for about 1,700, you know, place mm-hmm. as opposed to my lowly, I was thinking, of, should, like how many games of these have I played? I have a whopping uh, 1,600 uh, gamer score, good enough for 53,000th place. Okay. And, uh, and uh, 1,000 of those 1,600 are in Hawken. <laughs> so <laughs> I've only amassed uh, 600 elsewhere. So uh, not not very uh, good in this genre. But uh, so I guess the only good I have from this one or highlight, and, I, you know, I've... Foof loves telling the story about the June bug yes, and the Hawkin and all that. So I think everyone's heard that at this point. But that was a lot of fun that night. And trying to that was kind of one of my first boosting experiences. I, I hadn't really uh, boosted much in uh, my experience. And so that was really cool. So I'm trying to think of something more interesting, which would be or something different other than that story. So uh, one of my other two games is Air Mech Arena. And I just briefly played that long enough uh to uh, get some ta on it and uh for a certain contest that should not be named and <laughs> i got those through uh, uh exprovo so uh so props to uh, my friend uh, chronos for that one so uh he uh he like did all the work and he was like really into it and <laughs> it wasn't quite to the diablo level but you know nothing is but he uh it was pretty cool to watch him uh do his thing so i gotta give him props he definitely knows that game better than me and, I, and that game was a, a mess by the time i got to it i think it had half shut down and and then midway it stopped working and we just moved on to something else uh, i think we moved on to diablo at that point but uh, but yeah so i just wanted to give him props for uh, helping me with that boost on that one as well so like you said at the beginning you know for a genre that we have no or very little experience, there's a lot of uh, boosting in this genre going on that that uh, uh, is special to us, I should mm-hmm. say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd be remiss to go the whole episode without just mentioning very quickly how amazing the Titanfall Xbox One boost was. Like, I know you weren't a part of that, but we mm-hmm. had so many people in the community very, very early on working on this over months and there are just so many in jokes and, and so many little callbacks that are still a part of the community from that boost. And it was really awesome. And Titanfall on top of it has the bonus of being an actual great game to play. I don't think we actually really got to play Hawken because we came up right. with a pretty effective boosting method to get <laughs> yeah. everything done in two to three hours. So we, we never really got that, but uh, yeah, uh, 
again just have to shout out everyone who was involved in the titanfall boost at the time because it was it was so great we all had a great time doing it a great time for all 350 hours of it (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're gonna spend 350 hours in a game might as well do it with good company oh there you go so yeah well i think that pretty much covers uh the mech genre i can't Mm -hmm. really think of anything else of note so you got any wonderful closing thoughts for it yeah the the only closing thought i have is as i said already in my limited experience i actually find the games i've played fun but this impression i have of them being really slow plotting tough to turn the camera or whatever else (laughs) has just stopped me from playing more of them and maybe that's just a miss on my part um but uh yeah at least for this genre we I can say pretty confidently the top games in this genre are really top games and they're worth checking out if you have any, any limited interest in them. Right. Um, yeah. If nothing else, uh, go try Zega pain or something. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> and yeah, actually I don't tell get... us how it works. Please yeah, tell us the mechanics <laughs> of that. So there's a walkthrough yeah. on TA. You will be fine. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. Uh, I guess my closing thought is I just don't get it. I guess. I don't know. This is one of those weird ones. Uh, I guess, even though I kind of get it, I don't get it in the sense that it's just not my thing. So That's okay. I mean, yeah. So well, you know, this I mean, this was my choice. This this genre yeah. set. So I think you're on deck <laughs> for picking a genre and and dropping a hint to yes, those listening yes, yes, for yes. what we're covering next. So what have you got for us? All right. So fresh off the hills of Mecca or Mex, I have is Mecca plural for Mech? Is that I'm, Mecca or is it Mex? I, 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 it's probably Mecca, but <laughs> we understand uh, either way. Yeah, they're, they're one yeah. letter apart on a keyboard. There you go. That's it. And it's not the D. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, um, yeah. So the next genre is here's your hint. It is the next genre will raise the roof and then bring down the house. It's a lot of destruction here, but yes, there you go. <laughs> well, let us know what you think it might be. Yeah. And that well, this was fun. I I had fun discussing the genre, so yeah, that was cool. Good. All right, yeah, awesome. That, yeah, it it totally went in a different direction than I, I thought. I, I feel like we spent more time on on uh, almost as much time on Zega Pain as we did on uh, <laughs> Titanfall. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, as as one quick aside, because we didn't get into achievements too much in this, and that has to do with us not being yeah. big gamers yeah. in this category. It does seem like these lists are prone to being high TA, right? Because the, the average ratio is like a 3.5. Mm-hmm. My experience seems to indicate that it's mostly because of multiplayer grinds. I imagine it's because of difficulty. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're going to get into the mech genre, just be prepared to spend a lot of time there because the achievements do not come quick. Yeah, that's fair. And if you do get into it, just do better than one third of the entire genre and you'll be the the, the leader. Yep. Start that's tracking it. it, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, shoot well it's been a joy i appreciate you taking some time to, to record with of me course and, uh, this was a pleasure all right and uh thank you to everyone uh for listening and uh y'all take care all right so long <laughs>